do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Wednesday night, baby. You know what that means. Time for the Mark Order Podcast. Here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's right, back on the brand. And we're, if you're listening tomorrow, we're in podcast. So hi everybody. Welcome, welcome. We've got Asian Joe here. Hello, hello. We've got uh Yeah, Asian Joe here. We got Ryan back from a boat. Hello there, everybody. Dropping the bomb. What, what was, was that? <laughs> I dropped the bomb. Yeah, that, that was a bomb of um, uh, sound effect. It didn't come through on your end. It sounds great on my side. Not on here. It's just a bomb. <laughs> sounds like a record scratch. No, we have one record scratch. That's it. I'm just telling you what you did sounded like a record scratch. I don't care. On my end, it's the Funkmaster Flex bomb drop. Once I hear it, it's not true. Well, sounds good to me. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, hi Scott George, thanks for checking in. Um, well, both of you guys shirked Saturday night. We had a great time on the Collider Cast. Uh, you guys will have a lot coming your way uh, as far as uh, me and my legal counsel are concerned. So be prepared for that. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed your Saturday night. Ryan, you uh, were on a boat for what? The last five days? Four days, five nights. Four no, days, five days, four nights. I was going to say. I math, I'm sorry. The math doesn't work. I should have just um, rolled with it and not sounded like an idiot like I did on purpose, but I didn't. Nope. It's five days and four or four days and five nights. Yes. Yep. Well, that's a lot of four fun. Five days, four nights. Uh, 30 days of night. It was good. It was a good time. Well, let's talk about it, pal, because um, you, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I sure as shit know a few things that was going on on the boat because, God damn it, the fucking Twitter was blowing up in the private messages. Oh, yeah, we were using it to communicate, yes. Yeah, get a goddamn. I'll just Twitter. deal with it. Get your own just fucking de- Twitter. 
Um, it's the only time that happens, and it was wrestling related because it was a wrestling cruise. It counts. No, it doesn't. Um, you know what you could do? Use your marking out for revisionist history account. I do use that for all stuff. This was just happened to be where we were for this. Sure. Okay. Ant's really complaining for those five messages that went across. Joe, when he goes on his history cruise, he'll really be he'll really be working up that uh revisionist history Twitter. Well, if he's on his history cruise, I hope he uses the mark order Twitter. Why is that? I don't know. I just it feels like it, it feels right. Does it? Sure. Okay. See Joe's on see Joe's on board. I don't know. No, I'm doing a new thing. No, but um that's how it should be. No but is the way to go. No. Anti butt. <laughs> anti butt. That's right. Uh Joe's apparently anti butt. Uh we're learning that here tonight first. Uh so Ryan, why don't you tell us uh about uh your boat? Um there were no hoes. When did you leave? It was a little disappointing. When did you leave? Thursday? Uh, we well, yeah, we'll go down day early because I don't want to be uh, if there's missing flights or anything, flight delays. I don't want to miss a boat because you literally can't miss this boat or you're done. Um, but the cruise took off on Friday and it was good. I mean, it's uh, a lot of wait to answer SJ's question in chat. Why aren't I? No, 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 wait, we're gonna get there. We'll get there. Stop, slow roll this. Um, I can, it's my story. No, it's not. Let us lead you. Uh, so you flew down Thursday. Anything happen of, of note on your nope. trip down? No problems. Not a problem in the world. Okay, that's good because there have been a lot of like the weather, maybe not last week, but a lot of the weather was fucking up flights like the week prior. Like I know my brother was flying out to Vegas for something. And uh, his flight got canceled like six hours before it was going to take off. So he had to scramble and catch a different flight with like a three-hour layover in Texas just to make it to what he had to get to. So I'm glad That's that you didn't have went down problems. the day before. Right. So, um, so I'm glad you didn't have any problems. And so you stayed over, just hung out, and then you headed to the boat Friday. Correct. No problems getting on the boat. No, it's the easiest process in the world. Just and the wrestling fans are all very happy and very respectful. You uh you were able to get everything contraband in your prison wallet. No comment because I'm not sure who's watching this. Okay. Well, I mean, nobody in reality. But uh okay, prison wallet's intact. Uh so that's fine. So you got on the boat. And what happened on uh, what happened on Friday? It just took off, kind of took an easy day. Did you do any no, events? I mean, they start right off the bat. They go right into you have wrestling that night, and there's comedy shows. Uh, you had wrestling every week, every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, once on Friday, twice on Saturday, once on Sunday because that was excursion or be you know dock day, and then one, twice on Monday. So you had a lot of wrestling and comedy shows all night every night the funniest comedy show was actually by rj city because he did an improv show with all wrestlers see and you didn't learn from rj city yes and i heard a lot oh. of no buts in that so well that's terrible you should have picked a better crew um well that's so so you caught 
did you catch wrestling every day or you passed it on a couple of occasions? No, we, we, we went every day. That's the one thing we, we saw all of. Okay. Who was any recollection of Friday? No, I get that. I, I don't all the days blend together, but you had loot. You had commander by Kingo Penta. I know they wrestled on Friday. So you had a lot of loose shores. Then you had top flight was there with the uh, action Andretti swerve in the mogul embassy. Minus Brian cage. Sure. Um, well, and you—that's the interesting thing. You just said Commander wrestled, so Commander wrestled Friday, but he was at Collision on Saturday. It's he was at Collision. He was the main event. He wrestled okay, Orange. Now that does now Orange. Well, I will say this: Orange Cassidy was there too, but he definitely came late. Like the, he definitely met us in Mexico. So it's, I mean, it is possible to take a helicopter too. Yeah, I don't think they did. I think it was, they probably met us at port. Well, then how the fuck did Commander get to? Well, I don't know what day, I thought Commander wrestled before that, but maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm confusing when he, no, because Viking and Penta were Friday. So maybe okay. he didn't wrestle until he got back. It's it, like I said, it all kind of blends. Because, uh, not Vikingo, um, Penta, De or not Penta, Jesus. Commander definitely wrestled Saturday night. We watched that live, and he did really well. Um, so did so did Orange and Danny Garcia, right? Yes, Danny Garcia and was Saturday night in the main event. Or I both of them. Commander was Sunday, the main event, but they were they were there Saturday night. Yeah, yes. and both those guys were um, there on Sunday. Okay, so yeah, all three they, of those guys, I should say, Orange, Danny, and Commander were all there on Sunday. So then they had to, yeah, they had to meet you in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anything interesting? Change? I mean, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. Um, did you any of the the wrestling stand out? It, this is the the best way to describe it for anyone who's ever been to a house show. This is house show wrestling. It's a lot of fun, a lot of silliness. Um, I mean, like you still saw good matches, like Speedball wrestled multiple times. Uh, obviously, Daniel Garcia put on a good match. He had Michael Oku. Uh, he's an English wrestler who comes over. He did real good. You had Cardona there defending his on-the-boat title or whatever that he lost to Oku. Um, Abaddon was there. Diana was there. Uh, Harley Cameron was there. Uh, from TNA, you had Giselle. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we had. I'm missing someone, but it was a good crew. I mean, it's a lot of, like I said, it's house show wrestling. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of silliness. Like someone had a, like a inflatable table. So they kept using that as a weapon. Uh, the main event, the end, the whole thing was Jericho and the big show and speedball Mike Bailey versus, um, versus Lance Archer, Kyle Fletcher and powerhouse Will Hobbs. Oh, okay. And then after they let Speedball win it, which was nice for him, he got to pin the guys. He pinned Lance Archer, and then Big Show looked. I love Big Show, but he he looked like he was in pain. Um, but then after, as the heels start to beat up on the faces, you have Ultimate Dragon come out, and then you had um the 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 Dudley Boys come out. It's like you had your typical sure. Everyone goes home happy stuff so like i said it was the thing they had that, that 
truthfully, the wrestling is the wrestling. I, I don't have a lot to add there. Uh, okay. Insights on. on the cruise. I got I got what? more stuff to, I got more stuff to okay. ask you. About. Hold on, slow okay. your roll, Ryan. Let's let's build this. Um, so beyond the wrestling, you said there were there were comedy shows. Who performed comedy? Yeah. You told us RJ City. He did an improv show. Who else? RJ City's improv show was RJ. RJ was the host, so he was kind of funny by like saying things in between. But the actual show was Santina Morella, who was hilarious. Uh. Johnny Cruz, Johnny TV, sure. uh, Taya, uh, Aubrey, uh, Harley Cameron, and who was oh, so, and uh, Nana, and they were all fucking hilarious. I tell you what, Harley Cameron, fucking hysterical. I mean, she was great when she was doing the stuff with QTV. So, just I, I earned a lot of respect. Like. She was funny when she did her wrestling match against Abaddon, and she was hilarious in the, the improv show. She's got like a lot of presence to her. So, uh, so that, and then you had Brad Williams was like the headline comic. Okay. Uh, then he had uh, a Philly girl. She was in LA now. She's a Philly girl, Eleanor Kerrigan. She was hilarious, dirty as shit, but hilarious. Um, then you had, did either of you two watch 205 Live? Did you watch it when it was dying, Joe? I can't remember now. It's been a while. Do you remember Johnny Quattro? I know the name. I don't remember. He was the other comic. Apparently, he does stand up too. Um, and the Eleanor Kurgan used to wrestle for. I don't know if she still does, but I know she used to wrestle for Women of Wrestling. I think she did it back when it was the first iteration. Um, and then, unfortunately, they had Hacksaw Jim Duggan come out and tell stories. There so, we go. That's what I'm waiting for. How was Hacksaw? Oh! He if it was Hacksaw, Hacksaw, and maybe two other old guys on a podcast swapping stories would have been fine. As the closer in a comedy show, terrible idea. Okay. Terrible idea. I mean, I could see. Why, why so terrible? You had... He just, again, it wasn't so much that he wasn't, like, he had moments of funny, but it wasn't, it was, it just wasn't that. It wasn't a comedy show funny. It was, again, a podcast funny, which, and not even a comedy podcast funny, like a wrestling podcast funny. You know, where, like, you're, he, he had moments of giggles and stuff, and then you hear a lot of stories that you already heard before, so, like, um, you know, that, that, the woman, so when Brad Williams opens and he does his all new stuff every night. He makes fun of wrestlers and fans. And then Eleanor Kerrigan came on and she was very funny. I mean, she killed it. And then he came on, you could just tell the vibe went down. Like I didn't even go the last, like there was, there was three standup shows and RJ's was in between. I didn't even go the last night because the last night was going to be Brad, that Johnny guy who unfortunately just wasn't that great. I think a lot of had to do, he was trying wrestling related material. So I don't think it was his A stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, it was going to end with Hacksaw. I'm like, I don't need this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you don't have to worry about hurting his feelings. He's not listening. Um, no. Okay. So stand up. There was, I think, some podcasts that they were doing tapings on the boat. Did you catch any of that? No, we didn't because they, they this is, if, if Jericho were ever watch the Mark Order and say, what did we do wrong? They cut down on the podcast this year. 
okay. it was all basically just talk as Jericho and one busted open taping. Uh, and it just wasn't like, and, and the bust and the talk is Jericho pods didn't even have the themes that they told you about ahead of time last year. Like last year, they were like death match, like anatomy of a death match or the belt history of belts. We would have went to those. Cause there, those are, those were awesome last year. These were kind of generic, like talk is Jericho, not as interesting. Gotcha. Not that I hate them. They're just, I'd rather be relaxing at that point. And then they had a paranormal one that got canceled. So I don't know what happened to that guy. Uh, unfortunately, Luther's parent Luther subbed in for the paranormal one, but he at the same time as RJ's comedy show. So mm. I, cho- I chose RJ or he had the same time. It's a comedy show. Uh, so no, there was, that was, that was not great this year. And then the bands were all, they were not my cup of t- like cover band. They were all cover bands. Most of it eighties. Yeah. There was a band called Foos fighters right uh i didn't really stop and listen to them but i did hear them and they actually sounded pretty decent like they sounded like the foo fighters so give no credit i was gonna say did you catch any music uh just you can't ignore it because when you're walking and my room was right under the deck so i would hear it all day has this tradition Uh, yes uh i didn't no, I mean, I didn't stop to listen to any of them. It just wasn't my, it's not my music. I would have done Foos Fighters, but they were, again, their their time was awkward for what I wanted to do. Like, okay. that's part of the thing. There's always like three things going on at once. Uh, Swerve did a show when I heard some of that, uh, which was kind of funny to see a bunch of white people dancing to that. Swerve um, did, a, did a music show? Yeah, him, Montezzi, and I forget who the third was. Okay. Uh, there's actually, if you look at Swerve's Twitter at any point, he has like clips from it. Uh, so it was just kind of funny. Okay, cool, cool. So those were a bunch of the activities on the boat, Ryan. And Joe, please feel free to jump in if you have any specific questions for Ryan. You might touch. I'll, you might touch on one of them. If you don't, I'll jump in. But okay. So beyond those sort of preset activities, Ryan. What else did you do on the boat? On the boat, I ate. I sat at, on my balcony and read my books. Mm-hmm. I ate some more. Mm-hmm. Sat on my balcony some more. Mm-hmm. And just hung around. It's really just meant to relax. So did you spend any time on the deck? Oh, I mean, that's where the wrestling is. Beyond the wrestling, did you like... I mean, walking around... Pool? But, but no, I oh, know we, we did. No, that's a, that's a lie. There was some time spent by the pool. I would hope so. It's a cruise. I was managed to stay in the shade. So I was okay. Um, okay. Well, that answers SJ's question. SJ wanted to know why aren't you tanned? So first there's a couple of reasons I'm not tanned. First, when we were by the pool, I was in the shade. Second, a balcony has a cover on it. And mind you, a balcony is right over the water. So all these people are like, oh, you're not like I'm out. Like, that's great experience. I, I, I challenge anyone to not say that's not the best thing you could do. Uh, and the third is we did arrive in port to Cozumel. I put on more sunscreen than I think is humanly possible. I walked off. Kate and I walked around, realized that to get to the beach at Cozumel, you have to take a taxi. And it was, they were charging a decent amount per person. I looked at Kate and said, have fun. Turned around, back on the boat. 
So you didn't do anything in Mexico? No. Ryan, come on. I walked around. So you, well, you walked around the port or you actually walked around Cozumel? No, well, you walk off the, you walk off the thing and they have like shops and stuff there and, and all that. And then you kind of leave and that's where we realized you had to get taxis. And I was like, no, if you can't walk to it. I didn't want to go. Okay. Because my whole, like I don't like the beach. A lot of this sounds like what you do at home, but with blue, like more clearer and bluer water than the Atlantic. Let's be first of all, it was fucking hot as shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, sweating my ass off the minute I stepped off that boat in Cozumel. I was 100% willing to go to the beach if it was walkable. Because then when I wanted to leave, I could just go. Because I don't like, I live in Jersey and I don't go to the beach. I don't like the beach. When I found out you had to take a taxi and it was costing money and I just said, it doesn't seem worth it at that point to me. I'd rather sit on a balcony and read a book. The real crime is that you didn't spray tan yourself for tonight's show for the bit. Correct. No one would believe it. That's what would have made it a funny bit. Also, where were all the thirst trap photos by the pool? great question yeah, i wasn't in a bathing suit i was in shorts and a t-shirt so like- you didn't you hold on hold on sorry joe i got it you didn't dip into the water at all no nah. ryan you're on a fucking wrestling boat you realize and not to be whatever i don't so pools hold no special to me i know multiple family members have them could go in one every day if i wanted don't worked at a pool for at a pool store for over 10 years kind of grew a slight dislike of them because of that so they hold nothing for me. This is this is insanity, if you ask me. Go ahead, Joe. It's insanity. It's insanity. You're on a cruise ship. You're in a beautiful location like Cozumel. I don't know. I've never been there. Um, it's a, here. Here's the thing. Let, let's be fair here too. This is a touristy location. There's there's nothing like. It's not like I went to Italy and didn't go to see Rome or. The clip, um, what is it? The mall, was it? Uh, what's the coast? The mall, the Amalfi Coast, the Amalfi Coast. It's not like I skipped that, I skipped a tour set up in, in Mexico. But hold on, so go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll transition into a different question since Ryan's expeditions on and off the boat were pretty limited, sure. Um, the, the, the question we always fun to ask after these cruises is any random encounter you have with talent. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before we do. Like, this is what the view. This is Miami. But this is what the view of my balcony is like. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, so why is sitting out there bad? I was out there a ton. Because you should be mixing it up with people around the boat uh, up on the we deck. We did that a ton, too. We did that a ton, too. What I didn't do was go to a beach I didn't want to go to. I said I sat out there and stared out at the water because I was on the water side, not the port side. Seems so lonely. No, I love reading. It's the best thing in the world. Reading by himself on his back. So what's your question, Joe? I think it leans into SJ's question, but go ahead, Joe. Yeah, it was mainly just kind of random encounters with talents on the boat, whether it's, you know, by the pool or in the elevators or at... I mean, you, you see them all over the place. Uh, I saw Jericho once when he was dressed as 
after his concert, he apparently dressed up as a what's the guy's name? David Bowie. Yes, I saw him with the face paint. Um, I actually saw him the least. Uh, you, you you see some like uh, Nana. You would is almost unrecognizable when you when you put a hat on him, like a normal hat on him, and he just walks around because he's just a dude. If I didn't hear him talking, I probably wouldn't have known it was him. Uh, you, you, I don't stop anyone. So like you see him, but you don't like, I'm not the one to stop him, but yeah, you do. You, so I don't have the interactions because every time I see them, it's like they're going somewhere. So I kind of, I, I just could never take it. Like don't have it in me to be like, stop whatever, even though it's a cruise and they're paid to do that. I still don't have it in me to be like, stop what you're doing and focus on me. Uh, all went to the comedy show. So you would hear him at the comedy show. Uh, you know, I'd see him when we were eating and stuff. I saw a lot of saw them, saw them a lot of times when I was eating. Uh, I know Kate saw a couple that she said hello to because it's Kate. Um, and she saw people that knew her because she's Kate. Uh, I was going to ask you, how many times did you have to stop and stand there while someone came up to her or she ran to someone, whether it was a wrestler or just another cruise attendee? A couple. There was a few. Uh I, I would it'd be more except some of them came over when we were there was actual wrestling. So I don't have to pay attention to her then because I'm watching wrestling. So what do I care? I will say the only if you want to see wrestling, if anyone ever goes on the cruise, and I do recommend it, it is fun. Um and if you it's especially fun if you don't have a lot of time that you can't take like a longer one, because I probably would want to take a longer one if I could. Uh if you want to see wrestlers though when you're at it, the eating or in the, the casino. But you definitely don't want to bother anybody when they're eating. No, I like I said never. But I'm just saying, if you want to no, see, I know. I'm just saying, like in general. No, but that's where they are—the casino and eating. Um, I saw. Who was it? Uh, I don't want to say, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Well, he's walking around. I saw what is his name, uh, Nick Wayne, looking to have like he had a very good time. Uh, he mm-hmm. was with Kyle Fletcher and Sky Blue, and <laughs> he looked like he was having having himself some fun. Third wheel, uh, Nick. Okay. Well, I mean, he was in the casino, so it wasn't like a huge third wheel situation. Uh, Kyle Fletcher is a tall motherfucker. He's very uh, lanky, as we learned tonight. Because they kept talking yeah, about how he was very short. Yes, she is. Yeah, I mean that—that's what you really learn on these things. Like who is tall, who is short. Uh, Ryan, we had another question come in. Uh, was cruise director Mike heavily involved in this cruise? There was no cruise director Mike this year. Oh, that's a shame. That is I didn't t- get to see the Royal Rumble because apparently the night of the Royal Rumble, we crossed the, I guess, the international line. So I no longer could get Peacock because it was considered roaming. Even though I had Wi-Fi, they said, oh, you're roaming, you can't use Peacock. So I didn't get to see the Rumble. You had to VPN it. I wasn't paying for a B- VPN for one night. wasn't worth it. Um, because I wasn't going to watch the whole thing anyway, but just annoying that literally I tried it earlier in the day and it worked fine. And then we crossed whatever imaginary line out there exists. Sure. And yeah, I mean, it's a good time. It's just need more of it. Eat a lot there. That's the main thing you do. Ryan, did you see anyone from the love boat on the ship? No, no one from the love boat. No one exciting and new. Okay. Yeah. How? How were the mutants on the boat? This, this is 
less mutants than re re most wrestling shows because you spend a decent amount of money. So it's all people with jobs. It's all people with a, like a, like a life. Um, and it's all people who have a lot of money that they, who put up enough money that they don't want to risk that money. But there are some, obviously, uh, but not many. They're just, there, there's the one thing I'll never get is cosplaying the same guy every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That just does not click in my, I mean, good for you. Do what you want to do, but click, it doesn't click in my head. And there's like a, there's like a flare and there's a cornet and I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't, I get it. You have the robes and a wig. So you want to be this guy, but that just doesn't, you know, but there, I, don't get me wrong. There are a few, there are definitely a few who I, I would advise, like have not let Kate be alone with type deal. Who uh, can you give some types of mutants that you happen to to enjoy or hate? Um, it's the, I mean it's a typical wrestling mutant where you could tell that they don't associate with people regularly, and they're just that level of creepy where you're like, don't know if I trust you. You know, and it's hard to it's hard to give it an exact description because they can look like anything. It's sure. more the vibe they it's more the vibe they put off. Like, you know, so it's not just always like read a book all day. What'd you say? So they sit in their balcony and read a book all day, never go swimming. How dare you? How dare you? Sounds right to me, Joe. I was very I was very social. It sounded like it. You were very social on your balcony. Only during the day at night, I was very social. Mm. Did you lean over the side of your balcony and try to talk to people? That's dangerous, Ryan. No, I did not because the guy next to him, the guy two balconies down, really liked to uh, engage in some recreational activities and the smell just wafted down all the time. And I was like, I don't want to get caught in the smoke of that thing because you can kind of see it sometimes. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. Surprised he got the smoke on board. Um, Me too, but he did. That's why you got to take the pills. Um, okay. So the mutants were out in force. Uh, Ryan, I have to ask you about, uh, your attire, Joe. I don't remember. I don't know oh, if it was you Ryan attire. Hold on. What? It was Ryan attire. Let's see if Anson predict this again. Let's, let's be clear here. So I, I went out of my way to make sure. It was Ryan attire. You didn't have anything wrestling related on a wrestling cruise? No, not a thing. I had either Philly sports or a plain t-shirt. I did that for you guys. I went on a regular cruise and had some wrestling t-shirts. Well, in fairness, in fairness, I own a couple wrestling t-shirts that I got from Pro Wrestling Tees. Not one of them fits right. Ryan, I have some shirts that don't necessarily fit me anymore. And I'm not saying, well, I can give them to you because they fit you. But if you would like some extra wrestling shirts, I can give them to you. I mean, I have, like I said, I have a handful of them. They all fit weird in one way or another to the point where I'm like, I don't want to go out in public in this. That's, that's, so you had, that's uh, my problem. So you, you had a Flyers t shirt? Uh, no, I did not wear any Flyers t shirts. No Flyers, Phillies? 
Just the hat? Okay, just the, the hat, hat doesn't count. Just the hat. You had a navy blue t-shirt? No, uh, I had a, no, it was a, it was two black t-shirts. No, no, a gray and a black. I had a gray and a black. Okay, gray and a black. No navy? No navy, just a gray and a black. I you didn't have two sixer shirts. Okay. And two eagle shirts. Eagles? What are you, nuts? I support them in losses, too. I don't think I wore a player shirt. No, I didn't wear a player shirt. That's surprising. It's the one team you should support. You actually own season tickets. Well, I don't know about that right now, but uh, it became a matter of what I pulled out in what order I pulled out. <laughs> it was basically what I wore. That's surprising, because as far as I'm told, you never pull out. Um, okay. Um, of the two of us, who has proved that that's true? At least just once. That's all you know, my friend. Uh, so, uh, something else we had last year, questions about any cabin boys, Ryan. Did you have any encounters with cabin boys that you lured back to your balcony? No, I did search for pineapples, did not find any. Well, um, you didn't decorate your door. I told you last time I did it, they spun it the other way. Like there was no pineapples. People did decorate their doors. There is a there was a lot of non-wrestling related cosplay. Like what? A guy one guy just kept dressing as Mario. Uh the Pope, a nun. I mean, I Jesus think- is always there. Like Jesus is like a regular, but a Pope, a nun, Mario, and just stuff like that. Like there was others, but they were like, and I couldn't understand that. I'm like you're on a wrestling cruise, you know? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Um... But when we're on these cruises, we play a game. It's called Cass Ant, Cass Ant, or Cass or Ant, basically. Cass from Body Slam or you, because there's a there's a large crowd of people there that look like either Cass or you. Nobody looks like me. Let's be serious. I'm too pretty. A lot of your doppelganger there. I'm way too pretty. A lot of Philly people go to this thing, though. That's not surprising. It was driving Kate nuts because every time we walk by, go birds or go Sixers. <laughs> she just shake her. Like, I don't get, no one identifies me from anything I do, but the last two teams I cheer for. Well, they couldn't find you. You were on your balcony. Well, yeah. But no, we walked around. Like I said, I did stuff at night. Okay. One of these times, you're going you're gonna to have to help Ryan get, get him with, like, hook him up with one of those fancy button-ups that you, you rock on vacations. I mean, I am here for you guys to utilize my knowledge and my fashion. And, Joe, you're, you and I are on the level with the shoes, I feel like. Um, I feel like you're ahead of me in the shoes, but I'm in an okay place. Um, Ryan never asked for fashion tips. Uh, Joe, I don't think you need them either. Cause last time you were here in New Jersey, you were, you were perfect. So Ryan, we're here for you, man. Could have lent you a jacket. I have no intention of changing my fashion. Ryan, you wouldn't want to come on. Ryan. You wouldn't want to rock one of those, uh, one of those fancy, uh, you know, gimmicks that I had. No, really wouldn't. I'm okay with what I wear. It was a good look. I might, I might, I might lift it for if I go to Cancun this fall. I mean, Joe, you are more than welcome. I wouldn't even call it lifting. 
I would just call it, you know, just being in on fashion. Like, you know, there's, there's, it's to share. It's not to keep, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's what you should do. I mean, come on, Ryan, this could have been you. You could yeah, have, yeah, but I was, I was okay that it wasn't. Come on. That's you. That's not me. Ryan, that's how you got to be on a boat. You got to rock. You got to be on a boat, not me. Come on. That one, the green one was a good one too. I think that was, it. oh, the orange. Yeah. The orange flamingos. That was perfect. Oh, Ryan, what are we going to do with you? I'm quite okay. I'm quite okay. Not dressing all fancy. Like I like my, my simple life. Well, how about the trip home? Uh, any problems on the trip home? It seems like you got home in one place. Sitting sat on the runway for an hour, but other than that. Sat on the runway for an hour? You got, At least you guys didn't get grounded because someone was farting too much on the plane. I think I saw that oh, somewhere on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had a – our flight was supposed to take off at 1030, and then they at 3 a.m. they pushed it back to uh, – 10 i mean to 11 and then when we get there they're like well we're still going to try to do it get off you know leave the normal time at 10 30 it's 10 50 before we're all boarded so that didn't happen and we sat on there to close till 12 well this is fun but no problems in the air smooth flight no the flight itself was quick perfect you could say we were flying well you literally were so you would say you're flying we would. Well, Ryan, that sounds like fun. I'm glad you had a good cruise and that you spent some time to yourself. That's uh, that's different for you. So I'm glad that you got to do that. Yes, it was it was it was excellente. What kind of books did you read, by the way? History books. He didn't even read. Was it a wrestling history book? No. This guy can't live the gimmick at all, Joe. I was there. That's as much of the gimmick as I need to live. Seems yep. I feel like you should be wearing wrestling shirts, reading wrestling books, eating as many plates of protein that you know you can I get. I did it. that. I did that. Protein, not carbs. Oh well, you didn't say not carbs. Well, you said as much protein. Not. I did both. Both. I was carbo loading. Carbo loading for what? Life? Uh, no comment. Oh, I thought maybe you had a match. Well, there you go. Well, in case they needed me, you never know what's going to happen on the boat. Things might get rocky. They might need me. Not that rocky. You never know. We, uh, Sunday night, boat was rocking. Did you go a knocking? I tried. Oh, Ryan, you can't go a knocking. I want a knocking. Oh, boy. Listen, Joe, I don't know about you, but I, I've heard if it's rocking, don't go knocking. But also, Ryan had apparently this room all to himself with a balcony. He didn't try to get any cabin boys or young fillies back there with him. Oh, hold on. Hold, hold on a second. Oh, boy. That wasn't the you, third you said, in a row of nothing. You said your question was, did I get any? And I said, no. You didn't say, did I try? Well, I tried. I failed. How many cabin boys did you try with? At least a dozen. Oh, Ryan. 
Apparently, come come back to my room. I got a surprise for you. It just reads really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that is. And then creepy. I tried to join the Air Sex Society, so I posted up in the bathroom, and that didn't work. Wait, the what society? That's a very specific, it's always sunny joke. Air oh, Sex Air Society. Sex. Okay, got it. Got it. Well, uh, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you, Ryan. We gotta. You like reading. You should read the game. Try some of that out. What's the game? Look it up. It's a wild book. It's a real book. Is this the pick pickup? Okay, no, it's not. It is like the pickup artist. It's the pickup artist one. Okay. It's a great book. I never put any of it to use, but it's a crazy read. Joe, you never I'm read that. I was hearing book. about this one when I was in college. Yes, that's why I read it. It looks like a Bible. I have a copy of it. Was this was was mystery in this book? Was it mystery? Maybe. The guy who had the show on like VH1 or wherever he had yes. a weird hat. I think he, yes, he is in that book. I've I get him mixed up with mysterious, and it is mysterious. Oh. The, the buttons are on the other side. Oh my god. There's no pockets. Um that's my butt. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm glad that you had a nice time on the boat. Maybe next year we'll try to uh we'll try to up your game, we'll up your fashion. We definitely need some thirst traps. Like you're the reason. If you're not taking thirst traps, what what is what's the point? To relax. This isn't gonna be expensed. This Joe, I think we can vote this. Oh, down. it's too late. I already expensed it. Well, can't we it all goes through me, so I don't know who approved it. When you weren't here, I rewrote the contracts. Well, I told you, you've got you do the file cabinet open. That was your mistake. I got you in there, rewrote some things. Are in for a rude awakening. My lawyer actually said he could be here tonight if if he's needed. Uh, but I told that's him that's illegal because my lawyer is not here. Well, that's your fault no, for not planning. You have to tell me that. You have to tell me that. That's required by law. Joe, I don't know about you, but I'm sure that his lawyer could show up at any moment. Uh, with the plethora of uh, of people who are usually lurking around Ryan's house, uh, a lawyer probably could show up in a matter of moments. Just out of curiosity for sure. everyone's, just what would a lawyer look like? Shirt, what would, tie. What would, what would, so a shirt and tie is what one would wear to declare they were a lawyer? I mean, unless you show me your sheepskin with that says you're a lawyer. So I don't need like, so, sorry, they wouldn't need one of those wigs with like the old fashioned wigs like the British people wear. That's a barrister. And no, this is America, my friend. We don't do that I'm here. Just, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. It, maybe a British case, to, a coke habit. Uh, okay, but you can't, I mean, I, yeah, but so just shirt and tie. Because let's just say some people have that in their closet. Shirt, tie, jacket. You don't need to have pants on if your lawyer's only showing up from here to here. Um, maybe a pencil sticking out of your ear, a la Sanjay Dutt. And as Joe said, sometimes a little powder on the on the end of the nose. It's not like say. it's not like a sting face paint job that you're gonna have to put on in a couple weeks here. So Sure. So a suit jacket, so, so an up, upper half of a suit, mm -hmm. and a pencil in the ear. That's it. 
What what else do you want? You got a briefcase? I don't I don't I just need to know to tell my lawyer mm-hmm. in the future what what they would have to wear. Sure. Glasses. Could you uh, dress like Harvey Whippleman? Oh. Yeah, maybe a glasses. Mhm. Mhm. Wow, picture you got a Harvey Whippleman. Um there's an issue. Oh. And I guess well no this 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 one this one he has a regular tie on. I can pull that off. I, I can tell you this. A lawyer won't wear a hat. But Harvey Whippleman did. Yeah, but not a ball cap. Yeah, I'd wear my Irish cap. Who's I? You're not a lawyer. The lawyer would wear an Irish cap. Thank you. Similar to what Harvey Whippleman Harvey's was an Irish, but it was close enough. So Ryan, will there be will there be another cruise adventure for you, or was this it? Uh probably not next year because I have some stuff I have to take time off of work for, but maybe in the future. Okay. So he didn't put this down payment down yet, but um, I wouldn't be wearing a, a bow tie, I can tell you that. I mean my no. lawyer wouldn't be wearing a bow tie. Well, if you were a lawyer, you wouldn't wear a bow tie. We know your personal style if i were a lawyer i'd wear a suit i mean i've worn a suit before sure well as ryan's trying to figure out what his lawyer would look like oh hi jesse ozog pleasure to see you in here tonight good to see you always fun to have jesse here seems a little early for jesse um well ryan spent his time on a boat uh, we're going to work on Ryan, since you're not going next year, we have over a year to work on all of these facets of your trip to help enhance your experience in 2026. Yes, we can. Oh God. Uh, Joe, uh, how was your, uh, weekend? All right. Oh, you know, it was fine. Um, it was However much fun a you know one year old birthday party can be. I mean, how much Coke and booze was there? That's all it depends on. No Coke, Coca Cola. Well, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Playing booze. I had a, a, a solid hangover the next day. So, oh. and I, I got the whole house to watch the Royal Rumble. So that was fun. Okay. So okay. interesting. Yeah. Well, while you two were gallivanting. I was left, uh, you know, picking up slack on Saturday night. We had a fun time. Um, we had a fun time. We talked about all of the legal uh, problems that the two of you are going to have and the mountain of money that I will have. Uh, so it was a productive couple hours. Uh, Where do you expect this mountain of money to come from? Well, that's for you to figure out, my friend. You better no, get I'll just declare bankruptcy and not have to pay you a dime. Can you declare bankruptcy right now? I declare bankruptcy. Okay, that's not really how it works, but we'll let that slide. Well, uh, I'm glad to to be back. Um, I'm glad everybody had a good weekend. Ryan, you had a good trip. Uh, even though you're still mentally on vacation. Um, you guys got to see the show tonight, right? I did. I saw it all. Well, that's good. Why don't we start in on Dynamite, and then we'll take a break in a few minutes here 
so we can recharge and then we'll come back and finish dynamite and we'll we'll have a show here um, i want to have a show here well i'm that's what we're trying to do right okay i'm just saying i think you're still trying to find out if your lawyer's making an appearance at some point here in the next uh week no or- i get and then i my lawyer might make an appearance in the future but i can definitely tell you not tonight well that's fine I'm also cooking up an idea for the next time you two leave me holding the bag on a Saturday night. So at least I'm thinking ahead. So I don't know where you think you're getting that money from. All I said was I'm, I'm cooking up an idea for the next time I have to fill in. You guys are going to have to worry about where you're getting the money because you can't afford it. I was willing to let you have all the profits from Saturday's show. That's definitely not enough. Trust me. Not I'm enough. I'm told you I'm declaring bankruptcy. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure that one out behind closed doors. But what I could tell you is this dynamite tonight was not behind closed doors. It was for the world to see from New Orleans, Louisiana. And we let off tonight with Jeff Hardy versus John Moxley. We had a bunch of CMLL wrestlers at ringside. Uh, and as we get to the end of this match, Moxley does win by the referee stoppage with a body scissor sleeper hold on Jeff Hardy. And at one point during this match, uh, Moxley did wind up uh, in the lap of the CML wrestlers on the outside. And, um, uh, you know, uh, they did exchange a, a few looks, a few blows. Uh, and then post-match, uh, John Moxley offered Jeff a handshake. He flipped him off and then threw up the Jeff Hardy finger gun things. Uh, and then uh, the CMLL wrestlers who were ringside hit Chichiro, uh, Mystico, Volador Jr., and Mascara Dorada jumped the barricade to attack Moxley. They put the boots to him. Uh, security comes out. They can't get things under control. And then the locker room comes out with some of the BCC. Um, uh, or not the BCC, the BCC are not around. So uh, Matt Seidel 2.0 come out. I believe Christopher Daniels was the, the other one who came out um, to help save Mox from the CMLL. Uh, I think, uh, oh yeah, I said Matt Seidel, my apologies. Uh, and we go to break. So um, in, in, in my opinion, the match was the match was what the match was, right? They're clearly sort of like gearing up for the CMLL thing that they're going to have uh they're having a match on saturday night um you know i think it's hechichiro uh, um versus danielson uh and it looks like they're lining up something here with maybe matt sidell and 2.0 and the other guys uh so uh we're clearly doing that but the bigger thing i feel like here is where was the bcc Right. Like Mox has been sort of talking shit about people have to keep up with me. None of his guys come out to to help stave off these uh, luchador wrestlers. So they just weren't there. Day, I know they weren't there, but still, I'm just saying, like, how come nobody's there to save Mox? Mox has been talking all this shit. It just seems sort of weird. Right. Like I'm just saying they, they, they said they weren't there, though. I get it, but I still think it's weird. Why would you do this when his guys aren't there? I know they're setting shit up, but it just seems weird that Moxley's been sort of talking shit and his guys aren't there. 
And, you know, what are we sort of doing with the the Blackpool Combat Club? Because it seems like there could be a period of flux here. That's all I'm saying is I'm reading a little bit into this. Like there's something going on in the Blackpool Combat Club and we have yet to see what it is. I'll throw it to you first, Joe, since Ryan's still in vacation in his mind. We'll give him a little break. I just don't understand your point. What are they supposed to do? Magically arrive? But I know they're not going to magically arrive. But still, it's weird that Moxley's been talking a bunch of shit. And they don't ever seem to come to his aid, even when they're there. But they weren't. I didn't read that much into it um, because, no, the last time Mott had a match, Twyer had been there usually, so and he's helped him out. So I'm not reading that much as much as Ant is speculating of dissension among the, the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> the sound the microphone made when he popped it, and it's clear he knocked something over, which just is even funny. <laughs> Oh, the match itself, though, I thought it was interesting that they arbitrarily decided to like, oh, it's a it's a last rules match. It's not a no DQ match. It's not a regular singles match. We're just not going to disqualify people for doing things. And I, I guess that helps protect Hardy a little bit. I didn't think Hardy. I thought this was probably one of Hardy's. Nah. Worst matches out of the last couple days had. I felt like the last few he had were decent, and this one he just looked a little slower than usual. But um, I hope Excalibur got his pen back. That's all I really cared about was I hope that he got his pen back that went through Hardy's ear. Would you want it back after it goes through his ear? Well, it depends what kind of pen it was. Is it a Mont Blanc or is it a? Oh, that's a good point. What are we talking about here? It would need to be heavily uh, sanitized. That's all I know. Sure. Well, Ryan, what'd you think of the match? So, the match was fine. Like Joe said, it wasn't Hardy's best that he's had recently, but it was still it was still good. Um, they do seem to be protecting him a little bit with the style of matches they're running, letting some more ridiculous stunts happen. Uh, I think I, obviously the heel turn's coming, and I think you're seeing that not only throughout, not only at the end with the the gun thing but also the the style he's wrestling is getting more and more aggressive a bit more you know heelish so it's clear the heel turn is coming i just find it odd that the bcc wasn't there my point is that we need we need some sort of answer as to why it seems like moxley is clearly at odds or feels like he is not in line with his own faction two weeks ago. Didn't he come out and say, you know, we don't pat each other on the back. They've got to keep up with me. And it seems like nobody's ever there for him. I took that as him talking to like the rest of the roster, not necessarily his own BCC members. Why even bring your own faction up then? about they need to they need to keep up with me. Why why even put their name in your mouth? That's just what I don't understand. Like it it just 
if you don't have a problem, just don't say their name. It's just weird that he puts he puts their name in the same line as like nobody can hold a candle to me. You've got to keep up if you're gonna stay at my level. That is fair. I will give you that. As if we're going on the generic, he seems to be at odd because of what he's been saying. I will accept that. Tonight's doesn't really fit the story. I understand. My point is, it seems like he doesn't even care about his own faction. He talks shit and brings their name up. He's getting into these fights with other groups. In, on nights they're not even around to back him up. It's just weird that you would do these things when you run with a crew who's supposed to be the biggest and the baddest. I mean, he does have a history of being kind of a lunatic fringe. Well, not here. We don't acknowledge that. No, especially because it's not even WWE CW. Fair. Well, let's get past this. We go to our first uh, dealer's choice match of the night, and it's Hangman Adam Page. This was announced Saturday night. Hangman Adam Page is going to be fighting Toa Leona in a straight-up one-on-one because that was never even put into anybody's brain. It was just pick the opponent. Um, as we get through the match, Hangman does win by pinfall with the crucifix pin. Um, um, there's no buckshot. Um, you know, we see him taking, uh, taking a beating and he's able to win sort of with that, uh, reversal off the Samoan drop. So he does come out with the win. He doesn't hit his buckshot, but he's able to find a way. And then after the match, you know, Toa, Toa is sort of trying to, to get back to him and Hangman grabs a chair and he's able to keep him away. Um, Ryan, what'd you think of this one? I was kind of surprised. I thought it was going to be Cage because Cage is and, and Hangman have a history. So I thought they were going to try to play up on that a little bit. But Toa isn't a great wrestler, so I wasn't exactly complaining. Uh, the match itself was excellent. I like uh, Toa taking the dead shot and just getting up instantly. It's a dead shot, right? That's what they call it. I'm not dead. I dead. I sorry. I was watching uh, earlier today, watching previews for the new suicide squad game, but uh, the, the dead eye and taking popping up instantly. So I thought that was just a nice touch to show his toughness in a loss. And I like that both hangman and we'll talk about swerves later. The whole story is them getting beat up, you know, the, and, and Joe kind of makes, talks about it when he's on commentary like this is the purpose of these matches that these guys do not come out healthier and again i'll talk about during Sora's match hangman gives a promo right before and you can see he's holding his side so like this whole like you face the whole point was not for toa to win it was for him to beat up hangman as much as he could and he did a good job and i I think they told that story in the match that this was taking a lot out of hangman i agree joe what about you I was glad to see Toa in a singles match. It's I, I don't remember if we've seen him in a singles match in AEW or not. I know they really built up the fact that he hadn't taken a pin or, or a submission. Um, going into the match, obviously, we knew the outcome would be Heyman winning, but they did a nice job of really showcasing Toa as a singles wrestler, giving him a lot of, you know, highlighting a lot of his power spots, um, whether it's, you know, 
tossing Heyman over the ring, the cross by op- off the apron. Um, I thought, and then yeah, like Ryan said, you know, kind of the the no sell of the of the dead eye and popping up to not only lose by you know getting a crucifix roll up, and when those always kind of seem a little bit like you know by chance or a little fluky sometimes. So I think it really really protected Toa um, going forward while also accomplishing what you want to with Heyman. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. Like, I wasn't expecting a, a technical masterpiece and it was a, a brawling fight. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was in this match. It, it had to have been because I don't know where else they would have said it. But commentary definitely mentioned the fact that we haven't seen Toa a lot in singles action, if at all, because I think they also sort of mentioned it at the same time talking in reference to Jeff Hardy in the first match, right? Like not a lot of singles action since, since we've seen him in AEW. So they definitely called it out. I thought it was a good, a good showing, you know, to both of your guys points. It's like, we knew how this had to go because of where they're trying to go with the story. So I didn't mind it. It was highly entertaining. Hopefully Toa gets a couple more looks as a singles competitor. Um, but I thought this was perfectly fine. And I think to Ryan's point too, it did what it had to do, right? Like these guys have to get beat up because that's the whole point of this. It's you're going to face opponents that are worth it to be at a certain point in the rankings and earn your shot at the title with Joe. And by the way, gentlemen, we'll go through it later. Rankings have been released. So we we will look at it. I do want to make one comment you just on something you said that I, sure. I like, and it goes to our rankings comment talk uh, last week that Joe and I had. Um, we want these rankings to feel different than they did the first time, which means you can't pad stats with. You could pad stats, but you're real. You have to have real wins on there. They can't just be one, thirty matches on dark or elevation, which don't exist anymore. So ROH, but hopefully they don't use ROH at all. Let ROH be ROH. So what you have to do is have real victories. Uh, Toa may not be a number one contender singles, but people respect him, so beating him matters. Uh, as we'll see later, RVD may not even really be in AEW, but he's a legend, so beating him matters. So these are the things that at least are setting early, which is you're going to have to have real wins. You can't have these fake wins. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And by a quick look at the rankings, we'll go, we'll pull them up later. So we're not going to go through them now. But by a quick look, we're, I'm not seeing any champions in Ring of Honor mentioned. So this seems like it is, you know, devoid of Ring of Honor champions. That's not to say Ring of Honor talent maybe can't show up if they do go on a run in AEW television. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll run through the rankings later since they're now releasing them after uh, Dynamite goes off the air. Um, so anyway, let's move on. We go to our next match of the night and we're getting commander versus Wardlow. And this stems off of uh collision where commander was basically offered a deal, uh, by Roddy and he didn't take it. Uh, so they were upset and they gave a uh, commander to Wardlow. The entire, uh, kingdom, uh, is, um, is ringside for this. And Adam Cole does join commentary. And as we get to the end of the match, um, Wardlow wins by pinfall with a power bomb. So, um, so we'll get to the post match real quick, and then we'll talk about that a little bit. So, post match, the undisputed kingdom uh, get Commander back into the ring because he had rolled out, 
Um, and Roddy Strong tells him he's going to pay the price for not accepting the deal that he, he was offered on Saturday. But that's when Orange Cassidy makes the save with best friends and Rocky Romero uh, by his side. But Roddy basically says, thanks for coming. And then they leave the ring and we go to break. A couple things to, to mention about the match. At one point, Commander goes off the top rope and lands across Wardlow's like shoulder, neck, whatever. Pretty, pretty funky looking spot. I was genuinely worried that Wardlow could have had um could have had some real problems there. What I'm concerned with is that at the end, when Wardlow went to give him the power bomb, he gets him up and sort of takes a few steps back and sort of just drops him. He doesn't drive him down like he he usually does. Then he just pins him. And he gets up limping and holding the ropes. Uh, I'm hoping he's not hurt because I'm assuming they have more of a story to tell with Wardlow. And it would not be great for Wardlow just sort of coming back. Hopefully he maybe just tweaked something and it didn't feel right and he didn't want to push it. But like even post-match, he was sort of standing in the ring, leaning on the ropes. And then when the best friends and Rocky come out with Orange, he just sort of slinks out of the ring. And he's just sort of hanging out ringside. I'm sure it's because we're sort of lining up some sort of trios thing, but still um, makes me wonder about Wardlow's knee. Hopefully it's not hurt. Joe, what did you think of this? I'm trying to think of how I thought of it. I watched it and it didn't grab my attention. Um, mainly because I I don't know what it is about this presentation of Wardlow. I'm just not all in on this yet. Um, since he came back with and aligned himself with Cole and the, the uh, Undisputed Kingdom, I just between the the look, the fact he's in a faction again, I just I I'm just not interested in Wardlow like I was when he was out uh, before this. Um, I did enjoy his little like. Posing and staring at himself in the in the jumbotron, I thought that was a nice, um, you know, dickish heel move. Uh, but yeah, I had the same thought as you. Like when I saw him, you know, take some of those moves and limping and kind of coming up a little gimpy. Uh, and I feel like he he usually you know does hold on to the tights and really slam people down on that power bomb. He just he just didn't have it this tonight. After hopefully a, a little bump. It looked like he thought about picking him up a second time and then thought better of it and just said, forget it. We're going to the finish, like right here. Um, so who knows? Uh, Ryan, what do you think? What do you think about this? It's a tough call, the injury thing, because they. Sorry, I saw a very oddly named thing on Twitter um, in the wrestling space. So it was weird. Uh, but they uh, they talked about it on commentary a bit like the knee. So I was kind of like typically you try to ignore a real injury and you hype up the fake ones, which always sets me off, but doesn't mean that they didn't know and that they weren't just leaning into what's obvious isn't the fact that, you know, he's, he's hurt. Um, you know, maybe they didn't realize or you couldn't get around it, but it did look questionable to say the least. Uh, like there, there could be something going on. I'm with Joe. I'm not 100% in on this Wardlow turn yet. Uh, I think they're trying to recapture a lot of magic that they lost uh, 
uh, during his uh, you know his run before. So it's a tough call. I loved when he tossed Commander. He did the uh, like uh, he had him up the Firemen's carry and he flung him. I thought that you know that's the perfect way to use a Luchador. Yeah. No, I mean the stuff he was able to do to Commander was crazy looking. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy looking spot. Um, real real quick, Wardlow did tweet about his knee. What do you say? A normal man's knee would be ruined. I'm no normal man. I'm still coming for the heavyweight title, and there's nothing and no one that could stop me. Knee is just fine. Okay. Well, that I mean, that's good. I'm sure that he'll still get it checked out. Um, you know, like as soon as possible. But let's hope that it's just uh, you know, something didn't feel right in that moment in time, and he's not really injured uh, because it would just totally kill. Whatever they're trying to do, even though we've all sort of agreed, like, yeah, we're not super sold into this yet, uh, but we'll see where it's going. I mean, I think it's a means to an end, right? We don't have uh, we don't have Adam Cole, so we need somebody sort of fill that spot. So, uh, gentlemen, I feel like this is a good spot. We've been just over an hour. I feel like it's a good spot for us to take a break and grab a drink or stretch or whatever we got to do. So why don't we um why don't we pause here? Uh and then we'll come back and finish up dynamite with a couple minor news and notes. Not a whole lot going on, I think, with the cruise, but we'll talk about the rest of the show when we get back here after a short break on the Mark Order podcast. To thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to the Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It doesn't cost you anything, helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. 
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host... Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe! And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke and Rowe. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. 
Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of Dudley Scudley. I know what we're fucking talking about! Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right? And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit. If you're not listening to your Duke and Rowe podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order Podcast. We're going to get back to the Dynamite uh, action. But before we do that, we're just going to remind you to follow us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Also, make sure you head on over to our YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube so you don't miss any of the live streams we have going on. Sign up for, you know, alerts and notifications, all that kind of stuff. Uh, leave some thumbs up and comments wherever you feel appropriate. Um, and we'll thank you for that. And if you're listening in podcast format, pretty much wherever we're now on iHeartRadio and Amazon music, uh, make sure you, uh, subscribe, like rate review that helps us out greatly too. And if you have any of your hard earned dollars that you'd like to spend on us, you can head over to our link tree and any of our social platforms. And click the button to go over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. Um, or you can just go to prowrestlingtees.com slash pod, Or just search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. Our store will pop right up. We've got four shirts available for you to purchase. Two front prints, two front and back prints. And any money you spend there does come back to this show to help us, um, you know, put back into the show. And ultimately, uh, Ryan and Joe will put back into my pockets because of the legal problems they will certainly have coming their way. Just saying. I don't know what that is. What are we doing? What is the point? Oh, it's a middle finger. Sorry. It, Joe, my nuts, or did that look like a uh, point? <laughs> no, nope, the middle. Wow. Uh, all right. So guys, let's jump back into dynamite. Um, when they got back from their commercial break, just like we're coming back, Shivani is having a sit down interview between absolute Ricky Starks and big bill and challengers for their titles next week. Uh, Darby Allen and sting. They all agreed to no uh, contact and Starks start to lay out his issues with sting. And that's because when he got his first win in AEW, uh, that uh, sting has got his, got his first win in AEW over. Ricky and Alan is contesting that uh, Ricky doesn't respect Sting or anyone and that the icon's career isn't a stepping stone. 
But Starks goes on to say that Darby had to attach himself to Sting and they're going to retain their tag titles. He says that he does respect Sting, but there's no space for respect for Darby anywhere in his body. And then Big Bill mocks all Sting's hype for Darby and says they're, uh, they've, uh, all they've done is brag about themselves going to revolution as tag champs without even mentioning them once, overlooking them just like everyone else does. So Sting addresses Starks and says that he admired Ricky for being the only one with balls enough to get in his face and talk trash, but he has to earn that respect. And Sting also says he's faced many big men like Bill, but they were killers and he's still not sure about Bill. Allen goes on to say that he respects Starks, but every time he points the finger, uh, points a finger, uh, he's going to know that there's always one person to blame, and that's Ricky. That's what causes Ricky to throw water all over Darby, and then Darby gets fired up. Ricky's begging to get punched, and then Sting backs Darby Allen down and says he's always hated talk, but they'll both hit Ricky and Phoenix next week. So we're building to this uh, title match next week in Phoenix. Um, a lot of people I feel like uh, I saw in Twitterverse were saying, I guess water doesn't count as physicality. I guess I would, I would agree. Nobody physically touched anybody. He was provoking him. Um, but I mean, what did we think about this? Um, Ryan, what'd you think? You're the, you're the, you're the sting, excuse me. You're the sting, uh, Stan. So almost uh, call me the hook Stan. I mean, both are true. I mean, the hook brings me back, but, uh, true. Uh, it always brings you back. I ain't telling you no lies. What did Uh, did you think? Did this do enough to get you invested in a match next week? I actually think this did a very good job of getting, for a match most people think is uh, kind of predetermined in, in a way. But even within wrestling predetermined, people kind of already see where the outcome of this might be. You know, you have a the, the young bucks talking trash on, on Sting and Darby. So it looks like that's going to be the match. And you would probably have them going with the belts, as Joe kind of said last week. And then you have the bucks take the belts from Sting and Darby. Like it all makes sense. Um, that being said, you know, I still wanted to be into this match. I think, I think Starks did a very good job of saying like his heat was Sting being like, Hey, you came in, you beat me. And that just really pisses me off because now he's in you know, the record books with Sting. So I like that. Uh, Big Bills was a good promo, but not nearly as consequential for this. I mean, I like what he said. Everyone's ignoring us because they kind of are. Uh, but didn't feel the same knowing what's probably going to happen. But yeah, I liked it. And then I, if nothing else, it makes Darby kind of funny how protective of Sting he is. And this thing going, he's really protective of me. Like, I was like acknowledging, like, yeah, he's really on my back. So yeah, I think it did. For it did the best it could for what it's given. It's going to be a good match. Um, I actually like Starks and Big Bill together, but they're just not doing anything with them, and they seem kind of in the way of the Young Bucks. Uh, but yeah, for what it was and what it's trying to build to, I enjoyed it. I again, this this stop along doesn't feel necessary to me, but at the same point, I understand as Joe pointed out last week, they're trying to build as much heat as possible. Have the Bucks not only end Sting's career and his win streak in AEW, have them also take the belts, feels like such a good way to get mega heat on on the Bucks, who already have a lot of heat. Very true. Joe, what did you think about this uh, interview segment? Did it work for you? It didn't add much 
as to me personally didn't add much as probably what intended. Uh, I thought the story was pretty well laid out um, in segments in previous weeks talking about why um, you know why they wanted to challenge Darby and Sting and um, Ricky and Bill obviously they have far better promos in this interview segment. Um, Ricky's obviously golden. Uh, Big Bill, no, not as good as Ricky, but still gave a better promo than I thought Darby and Sting did. Um, I feel like Darby's promo has one volume and it's yelling. Most of his stuff is always yelling at people. Uh, and Sting just, you know, had a couple words, which is fine. I, I, I was waiting for the Showtime line. I was waiting for him to say Showtime. But, um... The Apollo? Yes. You're the exact person to make that joke. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it was fine. It was a fine promo, I guess. But I was already prepared for the match and uh, looking forward to it. To me, I think what this promo did well was the sense of how, like, it really fueled the fire between Starks and Darby. Like, they really had sort of good hatred between each other. So I think maybe down the line, we're lining that up right in a post sting world, or even maybe right before sting is out the door. Um, but yeah, I think we all sort of maybe see the writing on the wall for how this match is going to go. Although, um, uh, you know, where'd it go? I'll give Matthew hooks the credit here in the chat. He said, I think the bucks cost Darby and sting the match. Um, I, I don't necessarily hate that idea because it does add fuel to the fire for the match at Revolution, but I think this is how we transition it to the Bucks. I was on that page, but talking with Joe when this got announced, it just seems like I kind of agreed with all those the people who, who have them winning because it, it just seems to make more sense to have Sting going in undefeated in his last match. Like, there's like, why take that from him right before the end? Like, your ultimate heat is going to be with the Bucks, the EVPs. Because remember, like, they're portraying themselves as the most arrogant asshole of EVPs you can, the kind that would would do this, would set themselves up to take the the the, the win from Sting. Like, they're they're relying on getting heat in two different ways. In the first way of in in the kayfabe world of like. We beat you. We, we cost you the win. We ended your career. We're taking your titles. And then there's also, they're also kind of relying on people who read too much into the real world, who believe like they're actually doing this in the background, like manipulating things to give themselves that, that win. So like, I think they're trying to use both to their advantage. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think either way, no matter what happens next week, win or lose for Sting and Darby, there's a greater story to tell at Revolution with the Bucks. So I don't think if they were to lose next week or if they were to win next week, it's going to take anything away from that match. I think people are going to still be interested in seeing that match. So I'm here to see how it plays out. If Sting and Darby win, cool. We'll we'll have at it. Um, if not, okay. I mean, it'll still be fine for me. But just uh, 
an interesting sort of feel to that promo building for next week giving it a big match feel and it sort of is right sting is on his on his way out so we'll see what happens there but we move on to our next match in the night it's chris jericho versus kyle fletcher and i'll say this gentlemen before i talk about anything with the match when kyle fletcher came out in those tights it almost looked like he didn't have anything at all anything on uh and how did that make you feel it was weird because at first i was like where's his butt crack um how did that make Mrs. Money feel? She felt the same way. She thought it was very weird uh, because it just matched his sort of rosy, pasty skin tone. Um, and there was like no definition in any of the, uh, I don't know, the design of his pants. Like it was just weird. It, it was a weird look. This is the same reason why Ryan didn't pack white t-shirts for the cruise. I mean, if Ryan packed white t-shirts for the cruise, they would have had to have somebody with a mop and a bucket all over that deck because it wouldn't have just been pool water that was making things slip and slide. You know what I'm saying? Ryan? I'm just processing that. And I, I actually, I did have a couple white t-shirts on the cruise. I didn't wear them, but I had them. Well, um, see, you're missing out. Were they playing white shoes? Hey there, Delilah. Uh, yes, they were. I didn't know what I was going to. I don't even know why that's a... So, we get into the match. Uh, Kyle Fletcher does have Don Callis and... Powerhouse. Hobbs with him. Uh, and uh, they do allow a couple of instances where, uh, you know, Hobbs is distracting Aubrey and Don Callis is able to, to sort of break something up and it happens once or twice again, but, um, towards the end of this match, uh, Y2J is on the outside of the ring and, um, Kyle Fletcher comes diving through the ropes and Jericho hits him with a, uh, with a Judas effect as he's flying through the ropes. He's able to get powerhouse Hobbs into the, uh, steel steps. He rolls Fletcher back in, Climbs to the top rope, and as Fletcher is getting back up, hits him with a diving Judas effect off the top rope, and that allows Chris Jericho to to uh, win via pinfall. And post match, Takeshita appears on the stage to stare down Jericho, uh, and um, and you know we're building to a match between them next week as well in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so. Uh, Ryan, as the recent Jericho expert, maybe Jericho Cruz expert, um, what did you think of the match? So I thought it was an actually surprisingly decent match for what it was. Uh, I don't love Kyle Fletcher taking the loss here, but they tried to do right by him by having him require two Judas effects, one of which is a diving to lose. Like that's. And the Ju- because the Judas effect is a very protected move. So the fact that it would take two, one that's diving is supposed to to protect him. Uh one LT photo is saying a champ and then in the chat he hates champs eating pants. I do too. I'm actually in full agreement of that. So that's like I said, I, I'm not thrilled with this. Um the problem we're running into with Jericho now is just that his like I think, again, I'm not saying for even a long time, just set him aside for a little bit. 
let him come back with some kind of character revival. We've seen this version of Jericho for too long. And it also feels like he's dragging on a story that Kenny Omega was supposed to be having. So we're like, this isn't fitting right. So I, I, I definitely think we were, we, the, the original plan was for Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. Like, I think that's where this was going. And obviously it ended because Takeshita has the two wins over Omega. So you would have had that whole story built in there. Uh, I just hope Takeshita gets his win back. But other than that, it wasn't a bad match. I actually enjoyed the match. I just think like the story isn't doing anything for me. I'd rather see Jericho at this point, just take a couple months off come back feeling refreshed and with a new character. And I bet you people will be much happier and it will just do everyone to a crap. It give, make everyone happy. It's funny. Cause I said the same thing tonight, sitting on my couch to Mrs. Money. I said, I just like wish Jericho would take longer than one week off, you know, like just cool them off. You got plenty of other people. We've talked about this ad nauseum. So I feel like we're just a broken record, but I'm with you there, Ryan. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this match? In the same camp as Ryan. It was a fine match. Um, I thought, I, I'm ho- I was hoping that Jericho was just really good at his craft and was selling really, really well on some of the kicks and things that Fletcher was throwing at him. Because a few times it looked like he maybe caught one stiff. And he might be a little dazed or stunned for a moment. Um I know there's kind of that weird brain buster looking thing in the corner that Fletcher did that kind of just dropped him. So I don't know if that's just a timing thing or if what what that was supposed to be. And then there's some time for, you know, the timing wasn't quite there between the two of them a couple times. But uh, other than that, it's fine. Uh, I wasn't, like Brian said, not a fan of Fletcher losing the match because it seems like the rest of the Don Callis family had been winning against Jericho. So I think unless they're telling the story of going back to that story of Fletcher is the weak link of the family of kind of like when he first joined the Callis family, um, that'd be good. I'd be all for that. And if that is somehow you bring in Osprey later on, um, I'd be all for that. But just wasn't a fan of him. I'm I'm championing championing oh, whatever I'm I'm it's late. I am behind the theory that um that I don't think is going to come true. So I fully admit this is probably not the outcome. But my theory is that you have Kyle Fletcher, like Joe just said, he's taken the losses. He doesn't believe in the Callis family, so Callis starts to mistreat Kyle Fletcher, and in walks not only Mark Davis back, but Osprey, and then you get a series of Osprey to cash the matches, which would be a Hell of a lot of fun. Well, the United Empire is still technically a thing, right? That's what I'm saying. Like they come back and being like, How dare you treat our boy? No, no, no. I I know I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, you know, uh the United Empire is still um still a thing. It's just that, you know, uh Davis isn't there and, and Osprey's not here yet. So I think it's possible. Yes, Joe, the United Empire. Oh, Ooh, I have a funny comment. I have a funny comment. Close. Yeah. At one point in the cruise, Kyle Fletcher was fooling around. So he's up on the second rope. And I guess he did something weird with his hand. And people, he's like, so he did like a me, like messing around that he doesn't know the hand signal. Not just me. A guy in the group doesn't know it. You were so close just 
now to doing it accidentally yeah yeah i was gonna say you just didn't even realize it i can't do there's what group one group is doing like this now so i can't even do this i think it's um top flight's doing this so i can't do this anymore top flight should do this well that's the woo wings but they could do this the birds like the helping hands in napoleon dynamite or not helping yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm in line with both you guys. Uh, Kyle Fletcher sort of losing. I'm with you, Ryan. I think that could lead his way out of the the Don Cal's family. So I think we're in line. The biggest problem is the tights. Lose the tights, man. Just yeah, maybe take those tights off. That's not what oh, I'm sorry. saying. I thought what you were going at. All right. Um. So after this, we get a video package of Deanna Perrazzo basically talking about her tattoos, especially her ankle tattoo uh, that she shares with Tony Storm. Uh, so we're sort of uh, building Deanna Tony Storm, even though Deanna's got a match later tonight um, with Taya Valkyrie. Tony Storm's going to be on um, on commentary, so we'll talk about that momentarily. But here is my what the fuck moment of the night. Right there. Lights go down, uh, and the Bullet Club Gold are on their ramp, and then out comes the Acclaim. Now, we know that they are now the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, okay? So they come out. Caster gets on the mic and says, someone's missing, and he calls for Bowens to get Card Blade. So Bowens gets him from under the ring. Colton grabs the mic and says they fired him weeks ago. They chuck him out of the ring. And then Austin Gunn goes to get juice board. Um, and then he starts to, they start to do the, we've got two words for your bit, but daddy ass stops him. And then Austin says, uh, it's his thing. Billy says it was his thing when Austin was still a, well, we're not going to say it, but he goes, we got two words for you. But it's not suck it, it's guns up. And everybody scissors and they go to break. Gentlemen, my question to you is what the fuck? What what are we accomplishing here? Like uh, so I, I would love to, I forget who tweeted it, but and I because I like to give credit for people who come up with good ideas. But someone did say this is helping the bang bang gang get over with the live crowd at least which i do think they needed a bit of they were for whatever reason still suffering that they're going to turn on them like that is the end it's either either all three just turn on the acclaimed or daddy ass comes over and they turn on the acclaimed but one way or another they are turning on them so that is they're trying to build it up so that you'll love them so the turn hurts that's really what they're doing here i mean it, it seems pretty obvious joe what is your take on what the fuck was this? What the fuck was this was it was a waste of time. Um, they've had on screen appearances before doing the same thing. Um, we already know that Card Blade was no more, so I don't know why we're pulling that bit out again. I the only thing I kept thinking about was one. We had nothing better to put on, like we thought this was good a good use of minutes on TV time. And two, I felt really, I keep thinking, I felt bad for Jay White. I'm like, this is how we're using Jay White. 
he's in here scissoring and you know hanging out with the gun club i just i'm like this is not how i envisioned jay white being utilized i have to agree with you on everything you just said um i um yeah this was strange my you want to know my favorite part of this segment if i have to find a favorite part it's when they when they pulled card blade out and sting says or not sting excuse me taz says uh he's been under the ring all night and excalibur says something back to him and then when they toss him out of the ring and they say get juice board uh i think taz says something to the effect of he was under there too how many people do we have how many cardboard people do we have under the ring that was my favorite part of the segment other than that i think this was shit i understand what you're saying ryan totally get it it's to make the turn hurt but you have a you have a women's match on this card tonight it's not your main event we know the main event's going to be swerve with joe on commentary this is wasting women's time this was a complete waste of time you could have given extra time to the women or at least had it end on time even though this was probably a planned overrun that wasn't in the you know maybe was a planned overrun that wasn't in the the tv sort of uh schedule but but still like i see things like this and we've talked about it before and the first thing i think about is this is time you could be giving to the women or other women. Doesn't even matter if it's Deanna and Taya. You could have done something else with Tony or uh, Ruby or, you know, Anna Jay with that whole thing going on. It's just, this accomplished nothing that they could have spent other time giving more time to the women's match, building something there. I just, that's my take. I just, this was so confusing to me. If there was something of value here where they called out the undisputed kingdom, then it would have accomplished something, but they did nothing. Or even if it were just have a match between one of the trios on rampage or collision, something to set something up, something, anything more than just scissoring and throwing guns. I, up. There's an interesting thing now that I think when we discuss rankings is going to come into play. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but still, I hated this. Hated this except for Taz's two lines about the cardboard people under the ring. It just didn't accomplish anything. So they go to commercial and come back as Tony Storm makes her way um, to commentary because we're on to Deanna versus Taya Valkyrie. Um. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about Tony Storm on on commentary. She's just amazing. Speaking about the tattoos and somebody pissed in her seat um and just being great. But Diana does win by submission with the Venus de Milo. And there's a little bit of a stare down between Tony and Diana. Um also a funny moment with Tony in the middle of that match, Tay Valkyrie goes to smooch up on um johnny tv before they go to break and the look on tony storm's face her appalled look was just fantastic tony storm's great i thought this match was a lot was good we're clearly lining up diana versus uh tony storm 
Maybe she'll have to go through Mariah first. Who knows? But um, again, I see this match and I'm like, you could have had like five extra minutes here uh, because of that prior segment. Also, I felt like commentary didn't give this match enough love that it should have been. I, I know it's hard because Tony's out there to be that character and comedic relief, but I feel like they didn't pay attention um, at all to sort of what was going on. And it was pretty good, in my opinion. I thought it was pretty good. Joe, what did you think? No, I agree. I think, especially because when I saw the, the announcement that they're going to be Deanna and Taya, I'm like, those are two solid wrestlers with no, a you know a long background of credentials, so I thought it would be they would really promote that and really sell it like a big match. And as you said, like if there's uh, a lot of talking over the match, not calling the match. Um, I, I you're talking about some of the things that Tony said. Uh, one of the things that kind of popped me was about you know being in New Orleans and how she had beads, but not the kind that you wear around your neck. That was. I'm incredible um but yeah and then the match is great i i like you know a lot of the technical stuff in it and and i love the honest finisher I, it looks vicious um so yeah that's that i'm all for it. and no maybe we get a tag match first maybe we get a little tag match with diana and someone versus mariah and and tony sure i would take that um, also I have to give Scott George this because I forgot this was perfect. Tony was telling Taz it's pronounced suple, not suplex. That was also very funny. Um, she's just fantastic. Ryan, what did you think of the match? Yeah, I mean the match was good. Uh Ty looked real good. I think Ty's been looking good in ROH recently, so I think she's definitely found her groove and she's been doing great things with Johnny in ROH in terms of character work. It's just been fantastic. Uh, and Deanna's Deanna. I mean, she's amazing in the ring. And I think they're doing a really good job of making Deanna look like a real player and important. And so the match itself was just fantastic. Not, you know, I don't want to say fantastic, but it was really good. It was, a, it was a, I don't, you know, the unfortunate thing is with Tony's commentary and I'm not taking away from the commentary because it was that amazing, but because it's so amazing it almost took a little bit away from the match because you were so focused on that. Um, did we get on the fact that she was so appalled by the way Tony Schiavone looked because she was confusing him with Ian Riccoboni again? Yes. Yep. What the hell happened to you? Uh, or when Deanna went over to challenge Tony, it went from color to black and white back to color as the camera moved? Yes. I mean, th these are just fantastic things that they're doing. Uh, so they're, they're, they're nail I think they're nailing every part of this. They gave Deanna um, real competitors. I mean, the, you know... And by that, I mean, they didn't bring in someone off the street to fight her. Like these were people in the company that everyone knows and, and can believe them to be legit challengers. And they're letting Tony be as goofy and silly as she can be while simultaneously earlier in the night telling the story of the tattoo, the tattoo, which was like it, it was real. And, and I love that they're doing that whole thing of like oftentimes in wrestling, you hear their best friends or whatever. And you're like, are they? And the best stories are the ones where you actually have proof, either photograph or something. Well, nothing beats a tattoo. So it's funny you say this, Ryan. And last week I asked Ryan about if he would get a matching tattoo, and he said no. Two. It's a tattoo. I'm sorry, but anyhow, he said no, and 
I thought, you know, it would have been really nice if we all had matching tattoos. I get a matching tattoo. Yeah, and Rhyme's out. And he, here he is waxing poetic about it and how great it was between friendship and showing mm-hmm. how... Mark up perfection. I mean, you, you wouldn't get it where anybody could see it, Ryan. We would know it's there. But it doesn't matter. You don't mark up perfection. Well, now I'd like to have this discussion. Joe, what would you get as a matching tattoo? I don't know. Do we do the, the hand mic? It's a it's a good looking logo. We could you could put it on your shoulder. Nobody's Ryan. seeing those pasty whites, Ryan. I'm not doing it, guys. I don't understand. Maybe a nice little tramp stamp for you, Ryan. <gasps> you are on tramp stamp. You don't ruin perfection. I oh. am perfection. It would be so nice to have it right above your whale tail. But then it would pull attention away from the whale tail. No, no, no. It draws attention in. People see the tramp stamp and they see, oh, he's got a whale then, tail. What a dirty thing. Then, then they think I'm a tramp. You are. You are. Own it. Celebrate it. Might have to get the, I might have to get the, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a trial run, get a little, how much, but get a fake, uh, one of those fake tattoo things and order one of those. You want to get temporary tattoos, Ryan? We yeah. try it out? No, I don't know. Like, this is definitely one I'm never giving in on. I'm not getting it to two. I said temporary. I'm not even getting a temporary to two. I am perfect. Just try it on for a little bit. See how it makes you feel. It makes you feel a little dangerous. You could do do like Cody and put it giant on the side of your neck. Only to two I would get is like that. On your neck? Or the American Nightmare? No, no, on my neck, because that is like the perfect place for a tattoo. Okay. Well, Joe, we're going to get three matching neck tattoos. Yeah, I'll look into the, the temporary tattoos. Ooh, I like it. I do like it. Let's move on. Uh, we have the wonderful, the ravishing Renee Paquette. And she's backstage interviewing Darby Allen. But that's when the young bucks interrupt before he can speak. And I might, might I also jump back in time a little bit? Cause I failed. I forgot. I failed that, that this came up earlier in the night after the hangman match, there was a segment that they showed um, from earlier in the day of the young bucks arriving um at the uh at the arena uh and matthew i don't want to get in trouble matthew and nicholas jackson uh are upset that a crew member used their short names so they fine him five hundred dollars and apparently just so you guys know apparently um per brandon cutler on twitter um they are going to start finding people backstage for not using their proper you know birth names but um that's good morale is good and people seem okay with it so just an fyi people seem very excited about the fine however jumping back to where we are now matthew jackson says that darby is just like them but why is he letting a 63 year old blood-sucking leech steal all his money as soon as sting is gone they want a trio up but Nicholas asks why he's ducking and dodging their messages. He's not answering them. And Alan says, no offense, but the tag titles are the only thing on his mind. He goes away, and the Bucks wish Renee 
a good show and they go to break. I also enjoyed how during that segment they wanted a trio up and they said that we had a goth, uh, we had a goth phase in high school. We could pull that stuff out. That was great. Um, so again, we're sort of building, I think, to this revolution thing. Seems like titles are going to be on the line, but we don't know yet. Depends on next week. Ryan, what did you think about EVP Matthew and Nicholas? I believe it's Matthew Ron John Jackson. Was what I heard. Didn't love this segment. I love what they're doing right now. It's so hilarious. You know, they you, they knew that people were going to give them shit when they came back for all their perceived knowledge of what these two actually do, or the EVP status, or if they're doing something wrong, which it's all horseshit. You know, they are they are what they are. Um, so it's just so funny to lean into it in such a ridiculous way. Then to bring Renee into it to have her like kind of gets stuck and she's so good at telling a story with saying nothing like her facial expression was all you needed to know that she was unhappy about or the tone of her voice. So she has that acting part down where she, she can tell that story. I love this whole thing. And I also love that they, they played the jerk. Like we're going to be nice to you. And then second you walk away, be like, all right, we got to teach you a lesson type deal. Like I love that. So you know, obviously, we all think they're going towards going to beat Sting and Darby. At least I'm pretty sure that's all our consensus. But I'm excited for the run after because we haven't seen this version of them, I think, ever. And we haven't had a real good heel version in a couple of years. So this should be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this for sure. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I like the promo. This would be a good promo between Darby and the Bucks. Um which I've much more enjoyed than the earlier one. Um, I look forward to seeing what the Bucks can do uh, as they continue to grow in their asshole EVP characters, especially if they get the belts. Um, they're going to be insufferable, which will be great. Um, I, I want to see them take more control of the show and to have little, you know, little comedic things here and there. They can uh, work into the bit. Yeah, this, this, the headsets, the the beards and the mustache, like it's all just working perfectly for them. I hope this has staying power because it's just so perfect for what's going on. I think in the wrestling world in general to be playing an EVP right now. So, um, I'm excited about this. I thought the segment was great. Very fun. Um, and now we're on. Go ahead. Sorry. Go. I was no, wondering no. since they're so into this whole Matthew and, and Nicholas, um, you know, going full professional, full name. I'm wondering when they, if they'll go to, if they ever just go to the Bucks instead of the Young Bucks. I think it's possible. Maybe they'll pull that out at, um, at Revolution. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see him wrestle before Revolution. I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could to delineate the characters, but I don't know. Merchandise. Come on. It's true. Well, we're now on to the main event of the night, and we know it's going to be our dealer's choice match. So Samoa Joe makes his way out to for commentary. Um, Swerve's mystery opponent is revealed. Now, Saturday night, it was pretty much told. 
uh, Hangman in a segment Saturday night said, you'd like to know who your opponent's going to be, but I'm going to make you wait the whole effing show. So clearly it's Rob Van Dam, and he does make his way to the ring. But before the match can even happen, Hangman appears on the Jumbotron, and he points out that dealer's choice doesn't just mean the opponent. Strickland did not read the fine print. It means that you get to call the stipulation for the match. So Hangman makes this a dealer's choice hardcore match. And that gets things going with a steel chair to the face of Swerve Strickland. We're off and running. Um, during the match, uh, Samoa Joe's doing a great job of just being happier than a pig in shit that these guys are beating the crap out of each other. Um, at one point, Brian Cage comes down to try to get involved, but Hook comes down to chase him away with a chair. So that's not a factor. And as we get towards the end, Swerve does get the upper hand. He hits a Swerve stomp, and that's enough for the win with a pinfall. And post-match, Hangman comes out to the ring with a mic, and he says later tonight the rankings are going to come out, and since they're both undefeated, they'll be at the top of the list. And he needs him to look... Uh, he needs him to look in his eyes and know that he'll never let Swerve be the next uh, world champion. And Shane laughs and says he doesn't get it. He's beaten Hangman twice, and now he's got nothing more to prove to him or to anyone else. But Hangman comes back and says he can't beat him man-to-man when it counts. He can't even lace, Swerve can't even lace Hangman's boots. That gets to Strickland because he turns around, gets in his face, and says he will give him what he wants. That's one more match, the third and final, and then they're done. All he cares about is the world title. And that makes it official because they tell us next week, Swerve and Hangman 3 will happen, and the winner will face Samoa Joe at Revolution. And that's the show. They run over for like five or six minutes. Um... And uh, we do have rankings to go over after we finish sort of talking about this main event. Uh, Joe, I'll, I'll go to you first. What did you think about the main event? Was Rob Van Dam a worthy opponent in your eyes? Yeah, for what they wanted to accomplish with, as far as um, you know, the whole premise of being the hell out of each other, right? Because we talked about that earlier in the, with, um, with Heyman and, and Toa and how... The idea was for Toa to just lay in shit on Heyman. So I feel like picking Rob Van Dam, you know, with his background, making it a hardcore match, um, that helped add add to this match um, and helped Rob Van Dam, you know, compete with, put, put Rob Van Dam more on a, a level playing field with Swerve uh, with the ability to add chairs and tables and everything else in there. Uh, I thought RVD looked good for, I mean, you no, know, he hit, he hit his spots that we we've come to know and love, and um, yeah, I I, I I thought his his little step over heel kick landed looked great, and um, yeah, I I, I had no qualms about anything. Listen, he's fifty three, Rob Van Dam. <clears throat> I can't believe the way he moves for all the shit he's done in his career. That is just insane. Well, yeah, I. I I take him and like look at him and then look at like, you no, know, like Jeff Hardy, right? And I feel like RVD still moves far more fluidly than Jeff does right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Um, 
Ryan, what did you think about Rob Van Dam in this main event? I think Joe, you know, like you and Joe said, he he did well. I mean, it was kind of shocking he performed so well. I didn't think he performed this well in his last match, so I think it's even better. I, I think making it no DQ or hardcore, as they would call it, was smart because it provides some protection and it makes Swerve look better because he gets hit with a chair right off the start. So it gives him the protection of like, yeah, he didn't go against a monster, but he went against a legend and got beat up with a chair. So he gets his injury, his struggle. I really enjoyed that. I loved Samoa Joe just being so RVD heavy in his in his commentary, like so concerned about him. And I just it, it it's another level to Joe. You know, Joe's a uh uh what you want to call it? Um he's a complex character, and I, I like that. So the match itself was fine. I, I don't have, you know, again. I don't think there was a single spot to me that stood out just the, the whole, so I can't steal Kate's thunder on this one when she's not on here, but the whole story of the match of we're forcing swerve to go against a legend in his pre type of match. And he's, he's winning, but it's, it's an effort is really what you had to tell. And I'm glad they went this way. Cause I don't know if you could have had a current uh, competitor of a certain level that could have told the, the, the same story. And then the, the promos after were great. They were excellent. I mean, yeah, the, the the whole, you know, both of them made sense. I'm glad Hangman called out that you needed help. I'm glad, I'm glad Swerve doesn't seem to care. Right. Uh, I'm also glad that Swerve didn't want to fight him. I was like, I'm, I'm here for the belt. Like, I, I just like where this is all going. I think it, it gives a motivation for everyone that makes a lot of sense. So every part of this was enjoyable. Um, do you I know see I like a, all things anyway, but. Do you see a three-way match then at Revolution? Apparently not. And well, that's why I do. I, I find like something's going to happen, or they're either going to have a draw or disqualification or something. Where I just feel like we're going to have a, a three man match or a triple threat or whatever they call them, three way. The problem I'm running into is you could, in theory, I was with you. I thought there would be a three man match, three man match uh, at. A revolution and then they did this and i'm like oh apparently not what you just said and what one lt saying time limit draw is the only way i'm okay of getting there uh i don't want any sh uh smaz finish that leads to it or yeah. a double dq or a double count time limit draw because it's it keeps both men looking strong and i can take a draw here for every now and again because it's it's a very sports-based thing where like they just can't beat each other in this in this one day. Um, but it's reading to me like maybe they're just going swerve and giving swerve the belt, which would be awesome. Now, here's a question. If it's not a time limit draw, if they don't do <clears throat> a three-way match, and it is swerve to uh, go over uh, Hangman next week, Hangman's lost three times to Swerve, like that's almost unheard of. You know, like when you have these trilogies of trilogy of matches, usually third one's a rubber match. Obviously, the stakes are on the line here, so it sort of explains why you're going to have the end of a trilogy. But if Swerve beats Hangman, does this hurt Hangman? Because he can't beat Swerve, and now he's sort of like out of that picture, at least for this cycle. And you would think he'd have to work his way back. 
I mean, he'd have to work his way back. He'd be out for the cycle. But I don't think it hurts Hangman. I think it's an interesting story that Swerve is the one guy in the company Hangman can't beat. Hangman can beat it, has beaten everyone else. It's the one guy he can't beat. I think that's a very fun and interesting story that you don't tell right away, but you come back to it down the road. You know, Hangman, you know, put him in Hangman's way when Hangman's going back for his second major run. Uh, if you don't want that, you have to go to Triple Threat and. Even if Hangman takes the pin by Swerve, it's still not seen as the same thing because you're in a triple threat. People won't care about that as much. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it'd be interesting that he the one man he can't beat is, is Swerve. The other question is, regardless of who Joe gets it at Revolution, do we want Joe to, to lose this title and be sort of a transitional champion? I feel like he's really earned this his time to be a champion. I don't mind it. I mean, he's listen, he's killing it. So I wouldn't mind it if they kept it on him, but actually Kate and I were talking about this, uh, the other day. It's if it were, if it wasn't, if Swerve wasn't the one getting it, if it was Hangman, if it was Omega, if it was anyone who had already been established at that level, I'd say keep it on Joe and let his hot run go. But Swerve has got so much behind him right now. And this would be, the time that you elevate Swerve. And the thing is, Swerve's the young one. You got You can't miss this opportunity because you do run the risk of blowing it. And can't, look what happened with Wardlow. You run the risk of killing that momentum dead. So you have to do it even though Joe's doing well. And this won't hurt Joe because Joe will lose the belt. He'll go fucking insane. Not insane like Tony Storm. Insane that he's just going to hurt everyone. And that's a very fun version too. Joe, what do you think? I don't want Joe to drop the title yet. Um, it's just, it seems early to put it on a swerve. I feel like there could be some more of a swerve. I'm getting Pate, man, and then maybe one more few or something. I, I just don't. Joe's so good at champion um, inside and outside the ring that I want him to have a little bit more of a run. So I, I think, in, I, I guess in my gut, I think Joe retains that revolution. What do you think for this in the long play? Well, this is goes to both you guys, but Joe, I'll take your, your response first. If we're going to long play this thing, Joe retains at revolution. Mm -hmm. Eventually, uh, maybe Joe gets to hangman. Uh, and, and you know, that's if hangman doesn't get him at revolution, right? Maybe Joe gets to hangman down the line. And Hangman becomes a champ, and then Swerve takes the belt off Hangman. You know, sort of completing the 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 story that he's better than him. Or if we're going to do this short run, you have Swerve beat Hangman. He's a, uh he wins the championship at Revolution. Now he's your champ, and then eventually down the line we get another Hangman Swerve for the title, and then whoever you want to put it on, you put it on. Of those options, I like the the latter uh, because Heyman always, is already down two matches to Swerve, right? So no matter what, I mean, even if he wins the third one, he still has that in the back of his head of, you know, he can't beat Swerve. Um, so I think if Swerve went on to win, beat Joe eventually or whatever, got the title, as Heyman works his way back up the rankings, to have the the ultimate payoff be the rematch with Swerve again, 
and take the title away from him. I think that'd be a really just long story to tell. Ryan, any thoughts on like scenarios? But, um, I mean, we're I talking about this too. As you're thinking, Ryan, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm I, so- only because Joe, kind of, like, I'm just trying to see if I like, can provide something interesting, I guess. But this is a good, uh, this conversation is actually good, right? This is a problem, but it's a good problem. And I give it to Jesse Ozog. Uh, thank you. I was going to pull that up. Uh, Jesse says, great problem to have uh, two awesome dudes. You want to have the belt. I couldn't agree more. Like, this is a great problem. We like Joe as a champion. We want to see Swerve as a champion. We want to see Hangman get another run as champion. Plus, even 1LT says it in the chat here, too. Okada, well, this is an assumed. Uh, that was actually, I pulled the wrong one up. But you have 1LT saying Swerve wins at Revolution. Osprey beats him at All In. Like, Osprey's coming in. There are people who believe that Okada's coming in. Like, there are all these main event picture guys. Who Which is more normal. reason, though, I think you have to give to Swerve. Because I don't disagree. I, I'm just like, saying, like, it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's an embarrassment of bitches. But, um, well, <laughs> no, I mean, if you don't give him the belt now, you for sure are having Osprey come in. Like, that's not obviously the bit like he signed, we know. Sure. You have another main event there. You have maybe Okada, but then also you have whenever Omega gets healthy again. You have a man always hanging around. You have Switchblade for whenever they decide to heat him up as a singles. You have these guys, plus Moxley. Are you going to give Danielson any chance in his last year? Probably not based on timing, but maybe you do. Um, like there's a, there's a bunch MJF. of guys. MJF. Adam Cole, MJF, Nero, if he ever heats up. So sure. if you don't do it now, you run the risk of cooling Swerve down accidentally. And then how many guys are in front of him that could easily heat up at any moment. I think if he wins this, even if he only holds it to all in, which is like what four months or so, give or take four, six months, yeah. somewhere between four and six months. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not the longest run, but it's a run. And at that point he's got the heat. He's an established world champion. You can't take that back. Like that is there and you can reheat him and use him anytime you want that. But if you blow it now, you might not have that in the future. These are great problems to have, you know, they really are good problems. And it's, uh, I know we've said this before. It's fun to have these discussions because in other places in other promotions at other times, even in AEW, the picture is crystal clear. It's going to be this person. They need it to be this for whatever reason. Like, you know, so the writing's on the wall. I, I don't know what the writing is at this point. Like there's so many ways they could go. It's great. It's just, it's a good problem to have. Now, all this talk about champions and things like that, we do have the first official rankings of this year, the new rankings. Um, now, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say nobody is prepared to sing or rap them, so that is totally fine. We're going to cover them here uh, quickly. So uh, in the men's division, our champions are Samoa Joe, TNT champion Christian Cage, international champion Orange Cassidy, and our uh, continental uh, triple crown champion is Eddie Kingston. And our contenders are one Swerve, two Hangman Adam Page, 
three, Adam Copeland, four, John Moxley, and five, Roderick Strong. And when you step back and look at it, this all actually sort of makes sense. You know, we know who's got to be at the top. Adam Copeland's had some wins. He's doing his Copeland challenge. John Moxley's got a number of wins. And Roddy's got a number of his wins. Also, all of these guys are sort of in the running for for some of the belts that are here, right? We know Swerve and Hangman are going to be going after the world championship. Adam Copeland wants another shot at the TNT championship. And then Roddy is going to get Orange Cassidy. So these make sense, if you ask me. That's my take on the men. We'll get your take here in a second. Let's go through the rest of these. Women's champions, we have Timeless Tony Storm as our world champion. Julia Hart's our TBS champion. Our number one contender, Deanna Perrazzo. Two, Thunder Rosa. Three, Hikaru Shida. Four, Sky Blue. And five, Mariah May. Now, here, I think the picture gets cloudy towards the end. But again, all of these women make sense as to who's involved in what story and where we think things are going to go with titles in the near picture. Tag team champions, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Uh, contenders, number one, Sting and Darby Allen. Makes sense. Two, Silver and Reynolds. Not sure. Three, Danielson and Claudio. Also not sure. Four, oh my God, it's Private Party. And five, uh, Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. This, believe it or not, I feel like is the one division ranking that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. But beyond what they're gearing up for, um, next week, you know, next week makes sense with the rankings beyond that. I'm not sure. And then in our trios division, our champions are the acclaimed and daddy ass, uh, our contenders. Number one, things get interesting with bang, bang, bullet club, gold Two, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe, three, the dark order Four, FTR and Daniel Garcia and five, the house of black. Again, Some of this is very cloudy to me. I think the real reason behind that is because these belts are so rarely defended now. Um, But hopefully these rankings help get them back sort of on track. So Ryan, as the person who has wrapped these rankings before in, in our history, um, anything you want to, you want to say about the rankings, things you're confused about did he make sense like what what do you think so a couple things one i forgot to mention private party was on the cruise and they were a lot of fun they had a lot of fun on the cruise two just go around walking around saying oh my god is that private party because i could imagine that would get old fast i didn't hear it because i wasn't around when anyone just randomly walked into them i know when their matches shots 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 was a big thing every time they were in the corner so that was fun um Two, I noticed that Dark Order's on there twice. Might just be a coincidence. Might be that finally they're going to give the Dark Order its due. Kind of hoping that's the case. Uh, three, notice that Bullet Club Gold is right under the acclaimed. Little something there. And then I had a fourth and I'm forgetting it. Uh, no, I guess that's, that's really... Um, really it like i mean dark order being on there twice bull, a bull club being right under the acclaimed uh, oh my fourth point was i do like that they started this at zero it wasn't it was this year it was like whatever you know they didn't try to do total history and all i like that they went back to like 
this is what this year is for you. We're starting the rankings. This is what matters now. And and just to to remind you, historically, that's what they used to do. Like the rankings reset at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I knew it, but I just felt like I was worried that they weren't going to go history again. And they were going to be like, because it would have been easier for them if they didn't hype up the, they they told the story the way they need to, which is hyping up what they're doing now. But it would have been pretty easy to build stories out of previous records. So I'm kind of glad they just ignored that and went to what they used to do, which is reset every year. So no major, no major problems with this just yet. Not it's too early to have major problems with it. I see some fun things developing, but until you have, until we're like two or three months in, there's no, you can't really have. Like, there's nothing egregious yet. Now, if in three months, Dark, you know, I'll say Dark Order's only beaten jobbers on TV, you might be like, what the hell is going on? But right now, there's no, there's nothing wrong. Okay, I'll take that. Joe, what do you think of the rankings for the first week out? The men's, I'm good with the men's rankings. The women's, I don't know how they weighed wins when I think Thunder Roche's had what? Two, one or two singles matches so far back. Diana's had two. Belushi has one over Taya. Shia, I don't know. I think Shia just is automatically always in the rankings, no matter what. It's just kind of like you know, her token top five spot that they give her. Mm. Um, Sky Blue, I feel like guys ate some losses this year so far. And Mariah May has wrestled, what, twice again as well? So, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sure they're more purely based on storylines and what they have planned more than in like quality of wins. Um, we don't have that kind of matrix here on these rankings. The tag team ones, uh, I get that you don't have the Bucks on here because they haven't wrestled. But then, then again, why are they getting a title shot? Or will likely get a title shot if uh, yeah. if they don't wrestle before. This thing in Darby match. Um, but if they do end up getting the tiles, and that makes more sense to me of why the Dark Order is on there with John and Alex, if they can play off of being the Dark Order, um, that could be fun with them battling for control over that. And the trio's rankings are just kind of a, a mixed mash of, you know, whatever three man teams we have. I mean, when you have your best trios team you've had, probably in the House of Black, sitting there at fifth, um, that just kind of tells me that we're just kind of throwing things out, out there. And after the Bullet Club Gold and the acclaimed, who knows? Right. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think we give them a little grace week one, right? And we see where it goes. I would hope that they have something somewhere at some point to say, here's how we're sort of calculating this. Here's how this is going to work because this is where we had a problem with them. The first time they went around, like there was no rhyme or reason, you know, it was sort of just like, I need a strength of schedule here. I need like, you know, Hey, this person beats this person who has a record of no eight wins and two losses. So that win means more by being that person. Right. And I think what we, what we had sort of said the first time around, I have to give credit to the doctor back in the day 
<clears throat> but you know, he would say it's not really rankings. It's like a heat seeker chart, you know? Um, and that would make more sense if that's what they're going to do. That's fine. But then don't, don't call these rankings because rankings makes it feel like we are calculating this based off of certain criteria, wins, losses, strength of schedule, you know, all that kind of stuff, strength of opponents, and that there's some sort of weighted number that's going to put these people in these spots. But let's, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. These are the first ones out. We've sort of got things lined up already for the pay-per-view in most of these places with most of these stories with more obviously to shake out like the TBS championship, the trios titles, the continental uh, crown champion. So, uh, and the TNT championship. So I'm sure more is going to shake out once we get into collision, but that is your first look at the new AEW rankings. My issue will be if they keep with this same cadence of putting out the rankings immediately following dynamite and we don't have a chance for ryan to to wrap them it it will be it will be sort of like you know uh a knife in the in the back you know by tony khan and aew we'd have to go at two tony you can't just give us one thing but ryan will be happy about it i know that right ryan oh darn it what a shame. I see your contracts, Ryan. No, it's not. I rewrote the contracts. I told you. Ant let the file cabinet open. I got in there and changed everything. Not how this works at all. Um, how it works for me. Well, um, all that being said, I have like three things to at least note of the last week uh, from AEW. Uh, so first, you guys uh, know at very least that uh, there was the uh, the cage match as the main event on uh, Collision this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, some confusion arose around this match because it was called an elimination cage match. And then, like, the day of, or maybe even the day before, they changed this to an escape the cage elimination match. And that was... Um, that caused a lot of people to sort of like go off and say, well, Brody and buddy and Malachi don't want a job to anybody. So they sort of changed this match or changed the way that this, uh, finished, uh, because they didn't want to do the job specifically Dave Melser on wrestling observer radio said when they first announced this match, it was a cage match elimination match. When they first announced it, uh, was escape the cage. When I heard it was escape the cage, I thought it was like, okay, we got all these guys here, but somebody complained about doing a job. Essentially in this match, five guys had to do a job of the guys. I know Daniel Garcia will do a job in the, in a match like that. And I know FTR will do a job because you know, Dax Harwood does a million jobs and the circumstances are right. And cash Wheeler's not adverse to it. So, you know, and Malachi black never does jobs. And when this is going, uh, was going on and I'm watching this, one of the things I was thinking watching this is like these freaking house of black guys never do jobs. So Malachi black hasn't really responded to this that I saw, but, uh, buddy Matthews, uh, on X did put out 
a picture of his 2024 uh, rankings or not rankings. I'm, I'm sorry. Record got rankings on the brain. Uh, and he said for a reporter who doesn't know uh, much of do uh, know much or do any research, LOL. And his record is singles. zero and one tag team. zero and one trios. One and one. His overall record to that point in 2024 was one and three. So clearly buddy is not constantly going over. Brody King also responded. Um, funny how someone's opinion just becomes fact because they've been watching wrestling for a long time. The format and stipulation of the cage match was always what it was going to be. It's not our fault. The wording on the graphic changed. And even Will Washington uh, of AEW got in in the mix and said, I usually don't comment on stuff like this, but before this idea spreads or gets out of hand, the wording change was just for clarity it was absolutely escape rules when the first match graphic dropped uh and there was a lot of confusion around that because uh there were people who put the the matches side by side one just said elimination trios steel cage match the other one said escape the cage so it is what it is but it is wild to see Dave Meltzer essentially go out there with something like a Taylor Swift is a CIA operative fucking conspiracy theory on the house of black and everybody just fucking runs with it because I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen them win out on a lot of these feuds they've been having. It just seems like he was rambling and made something up because it doesn't seem to match up with reality that's the best i can say it, it it clearly doesn't match reality so he just needs to stuff like that is where he gets himself in trouble like take a step in second take a step back think it through maybe don't talk about it just stupid uh the other thing gentlemen the rumor is out there uh from pw insider um saying that uh mercedes monet will be back working in pro wrestling by March. And they go as far to say, quote, not for the WWE. So take that how you will. And we're going to get to this at the end too. We didn't mention it during our dynamite talk, but we'll bring it up here momentarily. The other big rumor swirl out there is Okada. So for us in the United States, um, when everybody woke up this morning, Okada's contract with new Japan was up. That was it. Um, he committed to working a few February dates for New Japan, but um, his contract ended on January 31st. He did put out um, a, a, a post on X that said, thank you for your support for 17 years of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Thank you very much. I laughed, got angry, cried, and it was great. I look forward to the remaining three matches as a freelancer. So he's got a few more dates in, in New Japan, but everybody's sort of focused on where he's going to sign here. Again, Uncle Dave is out there on X posting um, some things. Uh, of note, what a lot of people were focusing on was the fact that Pro Wrestling T's online store is, um, is basically promoting get Okada's merch before it's gone from Pro Wrestling T's. So that had a lot of people thinking, well, that surely means he's going to uh, the WWE. 
But Dave said on the Okada front, the pro wrestling tease thing regard, uh, regards no longer being able to sell new Japan merchandise of his. It's not a sign of going to WWE. It's not a sign of going to AEW either. Um, PW insiders, Mike Johnson wrote, uh, as PW insider elite.com has noted previously, the belief is that with long time relation, uh, with a long time friendship with the young bucks, AEW is Okada's likely destination. When Okada was a rookie on uh, excursion in the United States and wrestling for TNA, uh, the bucks took him under their wing and befriended him, assisting him out. Uh, when most others left Okada to his own devices to navigate living, traveling and working in a foreign country. Okada has maintained a steadfast loyalty to the Bucks in the years since as since as he evolved into one of the best in-ring wrestlers in the world. Also on the Okada sort of rumor mill front, he has filed for U.S. trademarks for the name Rainmaker, um, which is his you know ring nickname as well as the name of his finishing move. So that could be a sign that he's going to AEW because the WWE would want to own any of that stuff. But if they were truly interested, they might have worked out sort of a, a bargain with him. Um, but everybody still sort of pins and needles. The reason I, I bring all of this up to you guys with Mercedes sort of not knowing what's going on with her, with Okada not knowing what's going on around her, the big thing was that tonight... There was a graphic that was put up during Dynamite. I believe it was the opening match that next week, Tony Khan's going to have a big announcement right on Dynamite. So obviously no word on what it can be, but a lot of people online are saying, well, it's Okada or Mercedes or both, whatever. Um, but who knows? Um, gentlemen, I think we sort of agree that Mercedes is very, very likely coming in like all signs everywhere indicate to the fact that some of the discussions that she had with the WWE sort of ended when they couldn't, they wouldn't give her the money that she was sort of asking for. Um, Okada's a little different. It's still a little mysterious. The merchandise being taken out, him going for his U S patents, um, you know, still having mandates, all of it sort of leaves it up in the air. And there are even some people who said that the conversations that he had with the WWE were short and nothing fruitful came out of it. But again, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Do we think, we now Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, 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 the wrestling tees, uh, shirts and all. That is exactly what they do when the guy gets off a contract. New Japan reaches out. New Japan reached out to Pro Wrestling Tees. It's already been put out and says get rid of my get rid of his merch. So that is not there is like other stuff, but that one was readily explained as like his contract's up. They get rid of him. Um I don't know what the announcement's gonna be because it does seem like it should be setting up one of something, but knowing Tony Khan, it's it'll be I just want to let you know that next week on Dynamite. We'll have a, th- uh, a trios match. Like he just does, he announces everything. Um, My favorite is if it's an announcement that an announcement is coming. That is the best thing you could possibly do. Um, I do think, so I think, Mer- I, not even think, 
We're saying he seems all but guaranteed. I mean, at this point, everybody. No, no, Mercedes at this point seems all but guaranteed. Okay. Everyone seems in agreement there. I'm not going to doubt anyone. Everyone who says she's going to AEW has a very good track record. Uh, Okada seems like he's AEW bound too because those who have good track records have kind of said like, doesn't everything I hear on the WWE seem to say that they didn't talk? Or, I mean, they talked, but it was very brief. And everything I hear from AEW seems to believe that they think they have him. Or so... Just based on track records, it looks like AEW has both Mercedes and Okada. So that's awesome. I don't know when they'll announce them. They'll announce them together separate. I wouldn't I wouldn't announce either, obviously. I would do the what they did with Punk, drop enough hints that it, it will go. I would say if WWE had Okada, this is my only my only opinion, is that if WWE had either one of them at this point, now that Rumble's gone, so you lose the surprise at Rumble. I think they announce it right away to try to change their news cycle. So that leads me further to look at AEW Asm because I think WWE would try to change their news cycle so quickly. Also, the fact that they're going into a major season without a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Brittle Bones Punk is hurt again. Um, you know, Brock is not there because he needed uh, piss party photos. And uh, Kevin Owens is hurt. You know, uh, nobody's sure about what's going on with uh, Seth Rollins. He's hurt. Nobody knows really how bad. You know, it seems like they certainly, I'm with you there, Ryan. If they had someone, it seems like they would pull the trigger sooner rather than later, especially because they're going to fucking Australia. I think even if the guy's not debuting for a month, I still think you'd come out tomorrow and be like, we have Okada. Just do to do something to change their their news cycle because it's so bad. Um and now that you know, I, I and also did anyone see uh Sean Ross App's tweet over the weekend about right before Rumble? No. It, it was a good well, he was quoting WWE, so it was a good tweet. When he asked WWE about Mercedes, they said, We can't talk, we can't talk. We can't talk to her. We don't believe in contract tampering. I mean, they're kind of spilling the bag on their opponent. They can't. So, like, again, but I'm with you. I would be, I I, I leave both her AEW, which is awesome for AEW fans. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's so great. But I would, if, if I were WWE and I had one of them, that's literally going to be right now announcing it. It would be amazing if some weird third-party wrestling company like a like a tna comes out and they're like we got okada like that would be wild it's not gonna no but i would love to see that contract like oh they would mortgage the farm i mean they could they they get okada the funny thing is i don't think like mercedes i don't think any of those two are worth it for tna for the money they'd pay just because their exposure is so limited to begin with but of the two it's mercedes that actually would stand a chance to bump their numbers i think okada wouldn't do enough in, in the United States for TNA. I know where Asian Joe wants both of them to go. NWA. Oh, GCW? Okay. Even better. Then they're never getting paid. No, it's... It's... It's going to be raining Monet in AEW. Oh! Look like at that, that, Joe. Yes. Uh... 
And I can see, I can see Tony doing an announcement of Okada and if, is it Phoenix is that next week when they said, um, because I mean I feel like they've teased similar to how how they teased Osprey signing of like, no, we're gonna have this announcement. Um, I could see them do. I would rather have Okada maybe on the West Coast. Um, if we're gonna announce him out there or something like that, just because of the, uh, I feel like there's a lot more like Japanese uh, communities out that way, out that way, as opposed to like you know North Carolina, where in Greensboro, where Revolution is going to be at. I would also say we're talk, we're talking places. One LT uh, thinks he's going to announce that TD Garden is the next venue that they're going to, if. If Tony comes out next week and announces TD Garden in Boston is a venue they're going to, whether for a pay-per-view or even for Dynamite, it's Mercedes. Because you don't announce that venue, just come out and announce the venue would be stupid. But Boston's her place, so you would do it there. Or John Cena. Yeah, well, of course, John Cena. Well, But we'll never see him. him. No, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you there, Ryan. If they announce, like, if he were to come out next week and say, we are... Uh, booking our first show at the TD Arena or TD Bank Arena, TD Garden, whatever the fuck it is in Boston. Um, you can then either say, and we've got another announcement coming about, you know, some of the matches that are going to be at that show or something, or you can even pull the trigger right then and there on Mercedes, right? Like you can announce it's TD Garden and then say, you know, and you know, we're going to have this person wrestling our very first show. Bam. Mercedes. I don't even know, but I don't know if I say her name, but I might drop like what they do with punk. You come out and say like, you know, and the money will be flown or something. Like you say something that just, you know, it's her, but you still leave that like little incremental doubt. I would yeah. even go further and I'd be like, we're going to be the TD bank arena or TD garden for our next show. And I'm going to be sure to hang a Monet in my dressing room. Or will I be arriving with a Mercedes? <laughs> I'm going to rent a Mercedes. He just comes out with a gold chain with the, the Mercedes emblem on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you something. If AEW can cut a, cut a, like a sponsorship deal with Mercedes, they absolutely should. The whole, the whole episode is sponsored by Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that would be awesome if he goes, We're going to TD Bank. We're going to TD Arena, um, Arena which, if you all know, TD is a bank. And the whole episode is sponsored by Mercedes. Sponsored by Mercedes. We're going to make it rain Monet in Boston that weekend. But no one's CK in his history. I can see him next week being like, his announcement, his announcement being like, we signed one of the high free agents, we're going to sign them, and they'll show up at Revolution to sign their contract. Or he'll be like, like you said, it's an announcement for an announcement. Hey guys, uh, we have picked out our next location for a big pay-per-view. I'll be able to tell you about it in three weeks. Yeah, just a, a troll job. Fantastic. I would take anything. But all I know is this. And since we're fantasy booking, we did a little bit here. This will be the last thing I guess I'll ask you guys. Mercedes and Okada make it to AEW. We think it's happening. 
who's who's their first match in AEW? Um, match Joe, or rivalry? Joe Joe looks like he's really thinking. So Ryan, I'll throw it to you. Who's Mercedes' first opponent? Who's Okada's first opponent? Match or rivalry? There's a difference. Uh, like pick. feud, like match or feud. Because if it's match, um, so just like the first opponent, whoever. Okay, so match. For... it could lead. It could be from a feud. It could be. It could lead to a feud. Doesn't matter. Just who do you want to see them in their first match? So for the first match for Okada, oh crap! He's now we both got it. You go. You ask the question. Let us think. <laughs> I mean, there there are a lot of ways you can go with like anybody. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think eventually you get to Okada Will Osprey. You're not going to roll that first one out unless it's at a huge show. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's going to be. I, I saw a lot of people saying come out of the gates with Osprey, or a number of people saying come out of the gate with Okada Osprey. I don't think that's that's where you go. Uh, Big Deese actually just stole my in the chat. He stole my guess. I would want to see Okada Samoa Joe. That's that's a good first out of the gate. Doesn't need to be for a title. So uh, Joe could still lose the title like at Revolution. You know, we don't have to see Okada get into a match until after Revolution. That's fine. For Mercedes. <clears throat> For Mercedes to come out and make almost an immediate impact, I'd want to see her come out. Um, I'd want to see her come out and maybe just figure out a way to get her and Athena in the ring together. Here's the thing, though: she doesn't like Mercedes being there is her impact. Sure. So her first match, I'm because I'm I'm debating two things in my head. Like her first match could be against red velvet or someone like i'm fine with that there's willow she has the connections from new japan strong like her first match actually probably should be willow a rematch from new japan strong mm -hmm. but feud wise that's a different thing um you know there, there's actually a lot of options there there's ruby but she's got a whole story going on so i don't think you 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 i'm trying to think of also who's in a story right now uh i'm gonna leave the feud sit because there's a couple you know stories that that are playing out like if if the you know, Willow's going to be my pick, I'm just going to say Willow for, for Mercedes. Run that back, and then as things play out, you have a couple options on what heel thing you, you want to do. For Okada, oh that's tough. Who do I want to take you? You know what? Wheeler Yuta. What? It's a match, it's not a feud. Okay. Okay. Because uh, they're going to give him a good match, and then. He's part of the BCC, which sets Okada up with someone against that. That's where I'm going. Like Okada, Danielson have a thing, right? They have a feud. So you bring Okada in, and Danielson sends his young boy after him. Boom. Joe, what are your thoughts? So I'm not going to try to... I'll do first matches and not no feuds. That's, uh, that's what I did, but... Yeah, Mercedes, uh, I think... I'll I'll go with the I'll 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 go chalk and I will say Mercedes and Nyla because I feel like Nyla is always there like always one of the early opponents for people and it always you know it's just one of those like when people get protection big it looks impressive. I just actually thought of one, and I think it's going to blow both of your minds. 
This is not a joke. I just think it's honestly going to shock you guys. Mercedes and Hikaru Shida. So, so I thought of Shida because um, I think she'll give her an amazing match. I don't know if you want to have Shida. I mean, Shida loses okay. all the time. I don't. That seems like a feud. Do you do you yeah. have that? There's also Serena Deeb, who's just coming back. I don't know if you'd want to throw Deeb straight to Mercedes. Yeah. Not because of, it's not because of <clears throat> the fact that like Deeb couldn't handle it or Mercedes couldn't handle it. I just don't think you could have Deeb coming back and then um, lose to an incoming Mercedes. Like I think that does a huge disservice to Deeb because Deeb looked great on Saturday. This is how much Ant doesn't care for Shia. He's like, I'm just willing to throw Shia at Mercedes first match. You that lost. Listen, I'm I'm just thinking too, Shida, because Shida is somebody who everybody just automatically aligns with AEW. Like she's been there from the start. Like she's yeah. a gonna have to be a heel. Like Mercedes gonna come in as a as a face. I feel like she's gonna get a heel to work off of that first match. We've uh, seen a lot of people though come in face and quickly turn. Sure. And then for Kata, uh, I was going back and forth through some of them. I have some of my contenders with like, you know, a Kyle Fletcher or a negative one, or but I think I've settled on I think I've settled on Lance Archer. Wow, Lance Archer. That's a mountain to climb. I I I guess my 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 theme is like low mid card got people who are just big bodies who like you know it looks impressive when you beat them sure and he has a lot of ties to japan so you know listen i wouldn't hate just about anybody you know what i mean like i think it's just gonna be exciting if and when because nothing is confirmed if and when they come in to see where they go with them first because again they have an embarrassment of riches right now on, on their roster. Like that's the crazy thing. We talked about the title picture. Like who could the next champion be? Do we even want there to be a next champion immediately? You know what I mean? Like, and they've got all these stories and MJF's not even in the picture. Now, nobody knows where the fuck he is or where he signed. He's not even on their roster page. So it's wild. And even the women, like they're stacking their women's roster. It's crazy. So I want to point out two things here. Uh, one, uh, Mox for Big G and Scott George. I and I, and, you know, I, they p- talked about it when we were still going over ours. So I want to give credit that Mox versus Okada. I never been seen. I didn't know it hadn't been a match before. So yes, that is very interesting. Uh, and I want to do a one LT who's saying that Mercedes is a tweener heel. Maybe eventually, but when she comes in, she's a face. They're gonna fucking love her. You you can't turn her heel for a little while. It's just not possible. The crowd will love her too much. Man, it's going to be wild if and when the day comes and they're both on this roster. Um, But it's exciting. It's exciting. What a time to be alive. And what a time for us to wrap this show up. Um, So uh, let's throw it to Ryan first. Ryan, what do you want to plug for the people out there? Hoi, hoi. You can find me on all our socials at Mark Order Pod. Uh, be nice. Don't be a dickhead. Uh, and you can follow my history blog, hereforhistory.com, um, on Twitter at underscore hereforhistory. All right. Well, history. 
Asian Joe, what do you got for the people? Well, you can find me on social medias at underscore Asian Joe in my bios. There's a link uh, to my serial review blog. Check it out. I did buy some new cereal today, so I might have one this weekend. So that'll be fun. And then other than that, I'll, I'll be here Saturday night for our Collider cast. And I noticed that Ryan did not say that part. Mm. Was giving people. it to you. Uh, non-committal Ryan. I was giving it to you. I don't know. Listen. I don't want to receive anything from you. Say it more. The more you say it, the better. Just say it. Ryan, say Collider cast. Co co collision cast? Oh, my God. Collider cast. I host the Collider cast. I know where I'm at. Say it. I just say did three times. I know. I just threw out a Sega fucking reference. Um, so me, you can find me on socials on X at Ant Money, on Instagram at Ant Money 247. Uh, like Ryan said, you could follow us on all of our socials at Mark Order Pod, X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, be sure to give us a, a follow. Uh, check out the link tree. It has all the links to all of our other stuff. Um, make sure you head on over to our YouTube and thanks to everybody who is watching us live on YouTube tonight. Uh, Peggy D checking in late first Lieutenant photo. Thank you for your service. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. I moved my buttons this past weekend cause my board got reset. That's a whole saga. Uh, of course, Jesse Ozog. Thanks for checking us out, pal. Thank you. Big G. Um, Scott George, uh, Slonamite checked in earlier before SJ, the whole cast and crew who's normally here. Thank you guys. Matthew hooks. Thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in and chatting along as always. Um, uh, and make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, hit that button, smash that subscribe button below, uh, sign up for notifications. If you like leave a couple thumbs up and comments that helps us out. Uh, we're going to do something for our, a 500 subscriber giveaway, not number not 500, but if you're in our subscriber pool at 500, we're going to give something away. I'm dropping the gimmick because it doesn't matter. Uh, so we're really going to okay. give something away. So, yes. um, so make sure you subscribe as we get closer. We'll let you know, but we're putting, uh, I'm thinking of things that we can put together to give one winner when we hit 500 subscribers. So make sure you help spread the word, get people to subscribe, subscribe yourself. And if you're not listening or not watching us on Facebook, you're listening us to us in podcast form. We thank you too. Uh, you should check us out on YouTube for certain to see like the crazy characters, Ryan's lawyer, eventually showing up, watch the collider cast and chat along. Cause that's a whole different cast and crew on Saturday nights, which is awesome. Um, uh, but certainly uh, subscribe, like, rate, review in your podcast, uh, the podcast uh, form, forum of your choice, Apple Podcasts, Google, or YouTube Music, whatever it is now, uh, iHeartRadio, we're on iHeartRadio now, Amazon Music, all of that. Um, so just make sure uh, you uh, subscribe, like, rate, review there. And as always, head over to our Pro Wrestling Tea Store. We have a link on our link tree. Uh, we also uh, can be found by going to prowrestlingtees.com slash Mark Order Pod or search the Mark Order Podcast 
and you'll find our four t-shirts, uh, two front prints, two double-sided and any money that you spend there does come back to help us, uh, you know, put this show on. It does take a little bit of money and also to pay my salary that Ryan and Joe are just going to be eating cost on because of their utter fuck up this past weekend. So that being, uh, that being all the plugs we have, Joe, I do have to ask, what was the cereal you picked up or do you want it to be a surprise? You, I, I, if you can vamp for a second, I'll go grab the boss really quick. Oh, I'll vamp because we need to get a couple, we need to get a couple commitments out of Ryan. So Joe, if you need to step away, feel free. Ryan, there are just a couple things that we need to make sure we get squared away with you, sir. Sting face paint. You have a few, you, you have like a month to prepare for this. Are you looking at the face paint? Are you researching it? I've considered it. Okay. When we brought this up to you on the Collider cast like two weeks ago, you were like, no way, this isn't happening. Now you're at least considering. I'm considering it. That's that's what I'm going to give for right now. Okay. I like that. You got to keep checking us out, people. If you want to see Ryan's actually going to commit to painting his face. Joe, you're back. We vamped the big reveal. We're going to have a drum roll here. Hell is tricks loaded. Tricks loaded. What is that? It's Twix with vanilla vanilla cream filling. Tricks with have you, have you tried it yet? I have not. I bought today, so I'll do it. I didn't know if like when you got home you tried to scoop of it. I'm legit like I I, re, I like cereal, so I like reading your blog anyway. But I'm legitimately excited for that one because it could either be awesome or awful, and I want to know which way it goes. My initial thought is if you're familiar with like how the like that crave cereal, which no, I'm not. Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yes, a little yes. chocolate in the middle of the. I feel like it's gonna be similar to that, but with a, a little cream center. It, yeah, it's the since Trix is a bit of a fruitier taste. I'm just kind of curious how that's gonna. I'm yeah. thinking like creamsicle, almost. So is it, is it all the Trix flavors, or is this just like strawberry and blueberry or something? It looks like they have a strawberry or something. It looks like they have the, like a different kind of berry. Blue. Okay. Uh, first lieutenant photo saying that there's a cinnamon toast crunch version and it's awesome. Although I don't see member berries. I remember. Uh, so, and we can also take away from this, Joe. Uh, Ryan did say he likes it fruity and he likes it creamy. Exploding. I did not mouth. say that at all. I heard but, but if you want me to, I like it fruity and I like it creamy and I like it exploding in my mouth. There's my YouTube short. Bam. And I'm going to clip that uh, for the soundboard since I now have free space. I'll let you guys know how that fucking worked out this weekend. Christ, I didn't know if we were going to do the Collider cast. It was a goddamn nightmare. Anyway, that's enough from us tonight. So make sure you check out the history blog. Asian Joe serial blog, eventually tricks reloaded or tricks loaded everything else collider cast Saturday night. And of course we will be back here 
next Wednesday night after Dynamite goes on the air, hopefully talking about a meaningful big announcement from Tony Khan. So hold on to your pants. We'll be back next Wednesday here on the Mark Order Podcast. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.